here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. back everybody to wrestling omakaze episode number 41 and this week i have a brand new guest first time ever guest brian from street fight i think even i could even just introduce you by your twitter handle and people probably know you better murder brian would be the twitter handle how is it going brian great great i'm, I'm feeling good i'm i'm less scary than my twitter handle yeah, like, uh, it makes me sound i like scary words though so i just i, I see I always thought the Twitter handle was supposed to be like you're saying Brian should be murdered. But you're <laughs> saying it's more you're saying it's more like Brian likes murder. Yeah, uh well actually it's from like I usually do say it's a suggestion, but it's from a it's it's from a old old podcast I used to do and I just don't want to change it and I was <laughs> just like all right, I'm just going to leave it and now it, I guess it it's formed into whatever the whatever it is now, you know. Yeah. Um but yeah, like that's it's really cool to have you on. And you're, you know, first of all, I think you're the only the first person on this podcast who does actual radio, like on a radio station. Which, um, even though I know Street Fight, Street Fight is, uh, you know, not exactly mainstream, I guess, but you do have like a very, you have like a radio voice to me, like, right? It's not, not like you should be introducing like ah, sports talk radio. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, what's funny is I don't do that. I, I don't do the announcing on my show at all. I, my partner does all that stuff. And I kind of am the, I, I, I kind of steer the show, you know, yeah. but I don't, I can't like, I can't do that thing where you have the, when you open your show and you do something the same every week at the beginning, like, you know, Brett will be like, Hey, you're listening to street fight. And he has all of the information in this thing that he does for like a minute and a half. Yeah, and then we do these shows that people pay for on our Patreon, where it's just me without him a lot of times, and it, they they literally start with, "Hey, you know who this is?" 
Uh, I just try, I try to say the same thing every week because otherwise, if I don't, you know, I'll just start stumbling over my words. So I just give the name and the number. I realize I, I realized at some point it would probably be helpful to say like the date or something, but I just I, I haven't done it in forty episodes. So I just refuse to start now. So people, well, we're we're on the radio. That we're on like a commute. It doesn't count. I don't think I, everybody's like you guys are actually on the radio. I'm like, well, we're kind of on a community radio station, and we're on in safe harbor, so we're allowed to cuss. So it's quite possibly the easiest radio job in the world. It's like we don't get paid for it, but we can do anything we want and nobody will say anything about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, so it's basically podcasting. (laughs) They have a a studio where I can take phone calls at. That's why we go there now is we're just like we can do we can take phone calls. And, you know, this is the the, for the past like six months since we've been doing that. It's kind of the first time I ever felt like I was doing real radio because, (laughs) you know, I mean, you podcast. So you you know that like. You basically set a number in your head of how many people are listening to your show. Yeah. For me, for me, it's two hundred people are listening to my show every yeah. single week, and that's just kind of what I figure because you know there's no metric. There's it's weirdly like hard to figure out like who's actively listening. I mean, even if you get the number of downloads, I just assume half the time people just delete them yeah. anyway. So it's just like. You know, cracking the phones and getting a full queue every Sunday is like, wow, okay, people yeah. are into this. Yeah, I mean, I always um, it's it's really weird with our our podcast host Audio Boom. Like, they they told us one number for a long time, like one set of numbers, and then all of a sudden one day they were just like, oh, you know, um, we're gonna go this new industry standard method for determining uh, lessons. So your number is gonna change. And swear to God, like I went from. Uh, I don't know if I should really discuss the number on air, but the peak number to like, it dropped a lot basically. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, okay, maybe it's more accurate now. And like this number is actually the number of people who are, but they didn't tell us like what the fuck they actually did. Like, it's just like, Oh, we're, we're doing new industry standards. What, what standards? They, yeah. they don't tell you anything. So it's, like, all, it's all proprietary yeah. statistics. And you're like, okay, what? I mean, Brett will some weeks, Brett will be like, so we, we've only been up for two days and we have 20,000 plays on SoundCloud. And I'm like, does that mean somebody hit the play button on accident and then like turned it off immediately? Yeah. I mean, like I used to get num- like some numbers where I'm like, there's no way that that number of people are listening to, I don't know, me and Joe Lanza talk about like 1990s ECW. Like who gives a shit? <laughs> that's so. the way I think. And that's the way I think about it too, is like, I, I, I think the most accurate like I love, we have the Patreon and I really feel like that's the most accurate number of people that are definitely listening every single week is those are the most accurate list of subscribers. And I know there's a lot more because our numbers wouldn't be what they are, are like listening numbers and subscriber numbers wouldn't be so high if like people weren't listening. But yeah. like, uh, I, I, I just look at the Patreon there's like 1900 people on there. And I'm like, those 1900 people are definitely listening every single week. And that is fine with me. That's like evolve numbers, right? Evolve would kill for those numbers today. I think, <laughs> I think like, and it's at the end of flow slam. I, I, I don't know. I, I would be surprised if they're breaking a thousand. Really? Uh, I, we talked about this a lot in, uh, we talked about this a lot in New Orleans, me and the, and the guys I was hanging out with about like, 
their numbers are seem so low to me. It doesn't. Yeah. It re- I don't know how that business runs with those numbers. Like I can't wrap my mind around it unless it's just WWE yeah, money. Yeah, that's what I think it is now. I think once they once they lost the flow slam money and they suddenly were like, because they put out that memo like right around the same time where Gabe was like, you should do this, this, and this, and this. Uh, to get on WWE television to get you ready for WWE, where I'm like, okay, well, Vince is back. Tur- Vince turned the spidget back on, and they're the they're the 2018 ECW, where like he's paying them under the table to keep guys from going to Ring of Honor or whatever. Yeah, that's true. It's working because Ring of Honor has uh, nobody. I know. <laughs> Maybe my least favorite roster of. Oh my god, it's really terrible. It's like okay, if you look at a Ring of Honor, sh- like just. Because I don't pay that much attention to Ring of Honor nowadays, other than when New Japan is there, and when New Japan is there, it looks okay because you know you got like all these from you have all these guys from probably the most well, like the second most talented roster in the world, probably. And but then like look at those Ring of Honor shows like where there's no one from New Japan there, not even like the not even like the you know like the foreigners that New Japan books, and it's just really just the Ring of Honor roster, and it's like oh my god, they have nobody. Right, Flip Gordon is. Flip Gordon's one of their guys and like yeah. something that was I never liked the guy like uh, I hate to be a like one of those people I, like I like the high flying stuff I don't mind any of that I like Will Osprey you know I don't have any problems but every single time Flip Gordon did a move at over uh, at the one show I saw him at he got ruthlessly booed like I don't think anybody likes that guy <laughs> yeah I mean the problem was he came out first of all it's a very like as you you probably know, like indie wrestling now is like very like leftist, especially like in in certain circles. And mm-hmm. for him to come out and be like, you know, I'm I'm the troop or whatever, and people, it, it's just very, it's not a good thing right now, I guess, as far as him getting over and um, you know, on indie circles. So that probably doesn't help. And then like the people who really hate just seeing flips, his name is Flip. Yeah. So like. They it's just very easy for them to so like he did I don't know who his constituency is his constituency is like people who really like flips but really really hate the Democrats I guess I don't, <laughs> which is not a huge constituency I don't think no I feel like the people who hate flips are mainly conservatives yeah so he's basically hurt both sides of his yeah kind of exactly. exactly but I mean I don't like other than him. I kind of look at that roster and I'm like, who even has like some kind of potential? Cause I, I, I feel like he probably has potential because, you know, a lot of the things I don't like about him are a lot of the things that people didn't like about Will Osprey, like when yeah. he first started. So, I mean, there's, there is that, but like, it's like, uh, I don't know who else is Jay Lethal, I guess. Yeah, Jay Lethal is still there. Jay Lethal is one of these guys that like, he'll, he'll like really have a great match like twice a year. Like he already had one of them with Dalton Castle this year, who and for the at the last pay per view they did for their in their world title match, and you'll be like, "Wow, Jay Lethal, he's really good." Maybe you know I should watch more Jay Lethal stuff. And then you watch like a standard Jay Lethal match, and just in you know in twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen, you're just like, "Oh, he just doesn't give a shit." Right. So you just happen to see like the the two times a year he's like Nakamura used to be in New Japan, where it's like the two or three times a year you'd see him because he was really really hyped. You'd be like, "Oh, he's fucking awesome." And then you'd see him like on some random Corican and you'd be like, oh, he just he just kind of stands there and really and does his yeah. and does his shakes and like that's it. But it's really it's been really funny watching his whole WWE run because like 
the, the type of fan that was really, really that loved WWE and knew who Nakamura was, was exactly the type of fan that probably just saw him in those three matches a year. So they were like, oh, he's going to be having fucking five-star matches every week on SmackDown. And it's just like, well, you, you're, you don't, you're in for an awakening here. And it turns out like they had to turn him heel now. I always want to tell people to watch his feud with Goto. Like, if you thought he was coming here to go crazy, you should just watch that whole million-year-long feud he had with Goto. Yeah, well, like he tried, he tried like one match of the of like what of like five or yeah. something. Yeah, it seemed like it went on forever, and it I remember go- liking one of them. Yeah, it went on forever, and just like that. I mean, that's basically, and and on top of that, it's like, well, you, he he sure as fuck didn't come to 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 America to WWE to to like fucking kill himself either like he came he came he came here to surf and and, and you know and do his shakes and get cheered he he did, did, i'm sorry go ahead he did cut a good he actually cut a good promo on tuesday night uh, yeah i saw night. i saw the, i saw the promo on youtube it was pretty good so i, I mean i look he he was always a good um you know when he had having an edge to him was a really good a big part of why he got so over in the first place so i mean i'm sure the heel turn is going to do wonders for him um, he he probably he also is better at working on top than he is at like selling and like working from the and you know you know being getting like babyface sympathy. So I think you know it's it's really really tough for like I think he was uniquely bad, bad like badly suited for the WWE babyface style because it's all basically get beat up, get beat up, get beat up, make your comeback and win. And he's not interesting getting beaten up, and his comeback really wasn't that interesting either and that's all they do really like every WWE match is you know I, I i hate to be that person but every main roster match is kind of the same fucking thing right yeah it's pretty much just the baby face gets their ass kicked baby face gets their ass kicked baby gets their ass kicked oh here's the comeback they win he was uniquely terrible at that now to be a WWE heel where you're just kicking ass the entire time and you know for most of the match and working the other guy down i think he'll be a lot better at that so i fully inspect i fully expect him to have a bit of a comeback you know, now that he's a heel. And he looked like he was just reinvigorated just doing the fucking beatdown at the end of the yeah. show, too. So. It's just mad. It's like a, if you, I, I think like uh, if people are looking for this high level of match quality they're, that, that like would have been tied to like a New Japan, they're probably looking at the wrong guy anyway. Yeah. There, there are, there were guys, there are guys there that you can depend on for that, but he wasn't even that there. Yeah, I mean, you people. The, the issue is people saw like, look. If you only saw one Nakamura match, you saw Nakamura versus Kota Ibushi. So, <laughs> and that's one of the that is like legitimately one of my favorite matches of all time. So I get it. But like, if you know, then you if you didn't see if you saw two Nakamura matches, maybe you saw the Nakamura AJ match, which I think is kind of overrated, but was still a really good match. And you know, talking about the New Japan one, yeah, and, you know, like just basically like that's the kind of thing with it, and it's, it's a lot easier to pick and choose. You know his the one match a year where he really gave a shit. Then is the, the Tanahashi G one finals another one like yeah all those all those type of matches and it's like you know they didn't see the the other five Nakamura Tanahashi Intercontinental title matches that were just kind of there. So it just kind of that's just kind of how it was, I guess. Yeah, you're. I mean, you named the three that I was able to name, but we were talking <laughs> about because I watch WrestleMania with uh, Aaron from the Aaron Taub from the Everything Evolves podcast and yeah. Jake and Nate from uh, all Jake has been on the show. The other two have not. I don't know. I don't know why. Every time I do a general call, they they never answer. 
Apparently, they're, and, they're waiting for me to at them and be like, "Get the fuck on the show." Yeah, and and everybody. The thing is, like, all of us that were hanging out and watching it could only name those three matches. That was kind of the three Nakamura matches that we named that were good. I just yeah. thought. I guess we're not talking about this match yet, but I, I was very disappointed in AJ Styles. Oh, yeah. like, uh, he was not good in that match either. Yeah, I'm the biggest. I will not. Uh, like, you know how, like, the the kind of more casual sorts of fans are always going to think that Nakamura has this great match in him yeah. and that he can do no wrong. And even though every time the match stinks after it's over, they're just like, but, oh, look, they did this we new different thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Every time that they think the match stinks, like every time the match stinks and they're like, well, the next one, something's going to change and it's going to be different or he'll be more motivated. Yeah. Like, I'm that way with AJ. Like I just look at that. I, he was on top of new Japan. When I first started watching new Japan, it yeah. was when he was wrestling, like he had matches with like Okada and stuff. And I just felt like the guy was a genius. Like I loved everything about the heel AJ Styles when he would get frustrated and be banging on the ring and yelling at the ref and how grumpy he was. And just like his matches to me always felt like they had this extra amount of personality like that I could understand. Like uh, things aren't going right for me. I'm frustrated. And I always felt like the matches flowed really well, were really smooth. And now like, I fully willing to admit I don't know if I've seen a really good AJ Styles match in over a year, but I just keep every time he goes out to wrestle, I'm like, well, AJ Styles, he he'll just carry the match and it'll be fine. What's the last one you would say really great? Because I would say AJ Cena at the Rumble in 2017. That was a yeah. Last- I would I'd probably say that too because then he went I think right to gender. I or no, 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 Corbin. Yeah, Baron Corbin. Yeah, for then, a while. And then Kevin Owens, which was really bad. Ugh, yeah, that was a bad feud. Yeah, I mean the 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 gender SmackDown match in England was like, you know, I mean, in a way, it was a miracle because it was only it was like okay, and <laughs> every other gender match was pretty fucking terrible. But like, you know, the. I, I don't know. There were the, a lot of people like that AJ Brock match in Survivor Series, including on you know this this website Forces Wrestling. But like, I never. I always thought that match was just like whatever. It was. I, I it liked was, it, but it was I, okay. I hated the one F five finish that they did all year for some reason that is unclear now. Yeah. <laughs> like a guy would get hit with the F five and then just get pinned, and every finish was flat. Like, well, oh, they well they made sure. They sure didn't do that at WrestleMania. What F five? Guess you got your wish. Um, we let's get. I guess we can get into that. Let's talk about WrestleMania. Uh, whatever fucking number it was, I don't even know. <laughs> Thirty four. I think. I think. Yeah. yeah. They they uh, stop put they stop putting the number on everything. So it's like you just kind of have to remember. Yeah, the rumor is that they stopped putting the number on it because Vince didn't want it to seem old, which is such a Vince McMahon thing. That's the dumbest thing. I Like, why wouldn't you want your sport to seem like it's old and has tradition? You know know what people fucking hate is the Super Bowl. They really... They really fucking hate this. Every every year the Super Bowl has a, like a bigger number, and they're just like, "Wow, this thing is so old and terrible. I'm not gonna watch it." Like they really hate it. When are they gonna change the damn name of the Super Bowl and call it yeah. a different thing? Call it the Ultra Bowl. 
Yeah. Drop the, like, drop the number. Yeah, the Rose Bowl doesn't get any any <laughs> views at all. Like, it's yeah. not been going on for a century, probably. Yeah. So, I don't know. They So, the WrestleMania number, whatever number it is, I think 34 is right. But, um, first of all, did you watch, did you, you how did you watch this show? Because you were in New Orleans. We haven't even mentioned that, but that's the main reason why you're on here is to talk about your New Orleans experience. But because you're a intelligent man, you did not go to WrestleMania. I'm a bad, so, I'm a bad wrestling fan in a way. No, I no, no. I, I mean, look, you're you are not the only one who did not go to WrestleMania, and WrestleMania is going to be like in my backyard next year, and I am almost 100 certain I'm not going to go. I just like I can't imagine sitting in that fucking stadium for seven hours of that goddamn show. Like it just sounds like hell. The operative word you say there is stadium because I'm a big, I'm a big, I think a lot about venues, you know, cause I tour, I do live shows and stuff. And like, I'm not going to do my show in a place that isn't conducive to doing what I do. Yeah. And uh, a stadium is not a place to do wrestling. There's just, I know it's, I, it's, it doesn't work. Cause I, I've, the only same show I've ever been to is uh, like the Ring of Honor baseball stadium shows they do, which is obviously on a far lesser scale. And those are always – I stopped going to them because they're the, the least fun Ring of Honor shows to go to. It's just not a place to have a, 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 like a good atmosphere for wrestling. It just doesn't – it's not interesting. Obviously, you have to pay so much fucking money just to get anywhere close to the ring, which I'm, I'm not interested in paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars to, to see fucking WWE. Right. And, you know, if you buy it, I've heard people say all oh, the cheap seat for the experience. But, like, why do you want to sit all the way up there and watch the screen? Like, what are you getting for your $30 or whatever? And you're seven hours of time. Just sit at home and watch it on your fucking TV. It's better. Uh, I mean, WrestleMania isn't. Uh, well, I mean, if you're if we're just looking at, like, I guess, production and, and being able to see what's going on and see the matches. I think WrestleMania is pretty incredible to watch on TV. It it looks good, kind of, but like I think that stadiums are built for a game that uses up a hundred and forty yards. Or yeah, whatever. like it uses the entire fucking field, which is why it's a fucking field. Like a, like an arena is different. It's just it's just so stupid. I agree. I totally agree with you. And that's and just. I, like seven hours is another big reason. Like I, I mean, you know, I love New Japan, obviously, but like, you know, I really don't have that much interest in going to Wrestle Kingdom because, you know, I've been to Japan twice, and people are like, "Oh, when are you going to go to Wrestle Kingdom?" I'm just like, I, I don't really want to see New Japan in a giant baseball stadium when I could just go there and see it at Ryugoku, which is, you know, a, a, a stadium, an arena built for sumo. With the same, which has almost the same fucking dimensions as pro, for a wrestling ring, so like there isn't a single bad seat in the house. I'm like, why would I want to fly the other side of the world and see it in a in a baseball stadium when I can fly the other side of the world and see it in a, you know, in like a perfect venue for pro wrestling? And I would, I would think the other side of that too, the people that are like, oh, you need to go to Wrestle Kingdom, like I I was big into like I went to a lot of concerts growing up and like. I was a fan of the band. I was a fan of Corn. Okay, <laughs> and I saw Corn in a tiny little club in Columbus a few times, you know. 
and then finally saw them in, a, in an arena and I quit going after I saw them once in an arena. And like, it feels like wrestling is the only thing where people are like, oh, the bigger the place, the better. And it's because of that weird emphasis on business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it is like I said this this week on Twitter, like the wrestling, there's this there's an entire class of WWE fan who really just, there are, there are like, okay, WrestleMania, let's, let's just say it, like, it was it was half a good show, and half it was really it's a very weird show. Half a legitimately good show. Half a, I had a it was a good show. I was enjoying the matches. Good show, even though the booking was weird. The other half was one of the worst shows I've ever seen, and <laughs> that was basically WrestleMania. So after you know, and people, even people that like I would normally classify on Twitter as like big WWE defenders, you know, slash apologists, were like, you know, they were kind of like disoriented and demoralized by the booking and the, you know, the quality of the two main events. And then, so they, you know, they're like, okay, well, I'm not really into Debbie, into this WrestleMania. I didn't like the booking. I didn't like the wrestling, whatever. The next day, the, the fucking WWE network numbers came out and these same people were like, what a great day for WWE. It's so great to be a WWE fan. The network numbers are up 20% or whatever the fuck they are. This is so great. All hail, blah, blah, blah. And like, so basically what you're telling me is you are not a fan of this company because you enjoyed the wrestling because you thought the booking was good and the stories were cool. You are a fan of this company because they are the best at maximizing corporate profits in, <laughs> in this weird fucking late capitalist period that we're all living in. That's what you're saying. That's what you're telling me. I am a WWE fan because Vince McMahon, you know, his stock is worth a lot. That's what you're telling me. And it's like, okay. Right. I, I I think that's what chased me away. I, I think I watched it at first. I when I so I started watching wrestling again in 2013. I was, uh, my partner that I do radio with, Brett Payne, uh, he referred me to. He told me he got the network and he told me to watch WrestleMania 30, and uh, with Daniel Bryan. Good call. Yeah, the the big Daniel Bryan thing, and I watched that and I was like, oh wow, what a great story. Uh, Keep in mind, I didn't watch the build, which <laughs> in hindsight, now I figure the build probably stinks. But if you just watch the promo package and then watch the matches, then it's like such an epic like story. It's so great, you know. It was they they basically fell ass backwards into an amazing story completely by accident, which is really amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so like now over the years. Like I've kind of moved away from it. I I don't. I uh, Joe Lanza always says he keeps their booking decisions at a, arm's length, and that's how I feel. When somebody asked me what I thought, I watched. So you asked me how I watched it. I watched it with a couple of independent wrestlers, my friend Alex Keller and his partner Weird Body, and then uh, Jake and Nate and uh, Aaron, and we watched it at the AIW the B and B that the AIW people were staying in. Mm. And uh, we really had a good time, but like uh, in the end, when we were all talking about if it was good, I said like I have never described a WWE pay per view probably in the past two years. I haven't described a WWE pay per view as good or bad. I, it's fine. What it's just okay. It's fine, which it, to me is a crime, really, because you shouldn't be that apathetic about having just watched something, you know. I mean, especially with the roster they have, yeah, it's really it isn't it is insane, but 
But yeah, I mean, like they, they it's just a thing that happens. Like to me, WWE is a thing that happens. You know, I, I'll turn on the page. Sometimes I'll watch the entire pay-per-views. Sometimes I'll watch just like the main event or something. And if I enjoy a couple of matches, like like to me, like so far this year, the women's stuff has been really cool. Like the women's Royal Rumble was great, and the the women's I, I like the women's elimination chamber a lot too. And like Asuka and Nia Jax had a really cool match on that Lace Chamber show. So like the women's stuff has been really good, I think. But like that's it's not really about the booking or about anything else. It's just like well, these these matches were fine and they were cool and that's it. And you move on with your life because like if you get hung up on WWE booking, it's just there's just there is no you're talking about the whims of a elderly cocaine addict. Like that's what it that's all it is. It's just what did Vince think up when he? Or I should. I guess I should say allegedly. What did Vince think up at that? At, you know, at that moment when he was, you know, blasted. Yeah, <laughs> and that's I, basically it. I always like to add the word "pervert" in there too. Yeah, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> but the cocaine, the I, the cocaine thing. You know, I've heard people say that over the years, and like. It's funny that you don't hear the people that very serious, like Meltzer or like a John Pollock, draw that draw that conclusion when they're like, "Oh, he never sleeps," and I'm like, "Well, seven years <laughs> have to sleep." <laughs> so I know. Maybe something's keeping him awake, and it's coffee doesn't work forever. <laughs> I mean, I uh, we I talk about it off air, but I've heard I've heard it anyway. Uh, I have a source on that. That's all I'll say. It goes back a long time, actually, but. Um, that's why I do have to say allegedly because I don't want us to get sued. But the point is, though, the you know it's just whatever Vince wants feels like. You know, Vince. I, I don't. I've heard a lot of stories from this Roman Brock thing. There was one guy who claimed that the fucking finish came, you know, during the like the the, the finish was changed during the match because Vince just looked around and was like, "Damn it, bitch balls!" and fucking changed it because he was so angry that they were like not paying attention to the match and fucking booing out of the building. But, you know, there's other people there. I, I, I know Dave Meltzer said that was the plan for, like, a week, apparently. Like, a week ago they changed it, which would probably make more sense to me. But, like, yeah, I mean, just as he woke up on the Monday before and decided that he was going to have Brock win and he was going to do the title change from fucking Saudi Arabia, probably. And that was it. Is there, you know, does, does it make any fucking sense with the way that match was laid out and... The way that the last two, you know, four fucking years of building this, of course it makes no sense. But it didn't make any sense when Seth Rollins ran in and cast a fucking briefcase in either. So why should this be any different? No, and he didn't. <laughs> he also, like, the next night his promo was super bizarre. Like, the whole thing is like, I don't know what they're doing anymore. Like, somebody was like, are they giving up on Roman Reigns? And I said, no. They're, I, I mean, if. Oh, I'm sorry. Somebody asked me if they were giving up on Roman Reigns, and I said no. They're never no. going to give up on him. They they didn't give up on John Cena. They're. I mean, whatever you consider giving up is not happening. He's not yeah. going to feud for the Intercontinental Title where yeah. he should probably be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I I think he's a very very the, 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 like the sad thing is I do think he's a very talented wrestler. It's just he, you know, it, his, his character is booked like shit like everybody else in this company but you know when you're when you're supposed to be the guy the fact that you have no consistent character beyond i am roman reigns i am the roman empire i like my kid like that's it that's all we have for roman reigns. like do we do we know why why is, why does roman reigns wear a vest to the ring no, no idea and why it's, it's, why do, sorry go ahead 
I was with Alex, uh, Alex, who said, who pointed out that D'Lo Brown used to wear a vest too, and, and that was, was like a heel thing. Yeah, and it was a heel thing because I was gonna say like people, people, someone probably gonna scream up the radio and be like, because he was in the Shield, John. Why did he join a paramilitary organization that like was sort of aligned with CM Punk, but not really aligned with CM Punk? What what was their what were they trying to do exactly? That that was never really explained, as far as I know. Like how these three men came together in NXT to form the Shield, what their actual goals were, what their motivations were, like where they where the fuck they came up with all this shit from? Did they get military training? Did they find a troop somewhere and and have them go through like military training? With never explained. Well, did they ever did they ever do anything that came off as like cunning in a military way? I guess no. either. Like they just, just attacked everybody three on one. It's like yeah, yeah no, okay, well no shit. So you're every other fucking wrestling stable. <laughs> yeah, there was never anything that was like you know they were hiding under the ring tactically and they came out and took somebody out or something. It was always oh their music plays and they walk through the audience and jump the thing and then they beat people up. That's yeah. like all they do. But you're right about that too. Like I just finished. I listened to your show with uh, Chris Charlton. Mm. And I got that Lions Pride book because, like, I don't have like a super great like uh, understanding of what was happening in New Japan basically before Wrestle Kingdom Nine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll, have to, I'll have to at Chris now and tell him I got him a book sale. Okay. <laughs> have to cut, cut me in. And and uh, <laughs> so I didn't really know. And then even after Wrestle Kingdom Nine, there wasn't a lot of English language like descriptions other than Chris. Uh, so I didn't really know what was going on. So I read this book to kind of try to get an idea for the history of New Japan. And uh, when they had stables, most of the time, it it did make sense. A story was told and there was given a reason why these people decided to work together and do things. There was, yeah. And, but there's net WWE, like right now in NXT, they have that undisputed era with which, like, you could tell a ridiculously interesting story of these people who were all in Ring of Honor and now are coming to take down NXT because NXT was, like, trying to put Ring of Honor out of business or or, or put them out of work. Like, they're angry about it. But yeah. instead, they're just, like, five guys that hang out together, it seems like. Yeah. I mean, like, look, if you want to, even if you talk about New Japan Stables now, it's like, okay, why did New Japan Stables form? The book club formed because the the guys, these were all the gaijin that were, you know, training together at the New Japan Dojo, and they decided they're going to stick together because they felt like they were getting held back because they're, you know, not Japanese people. Easy story, makes perfect sense. How they meet, they met in the dojo. How the Shield meet? The Shield met in NXT, I guess, but they never, they never specifically said that or like why the fuck these these people were working together or what they were trying to what was Bull Club trying to accomplish? They wanted more respect and they wanted more titles and all that stuff because they felt like they didn't get enough shots as, as non Japanese people. Easy, easy motivation. What was the Shield trying to accomplish? I have no idea. I really justice. don't. All these years later, justice. What does that mean? I have no idea. They <laughs> exactly. never explained. They never explained what the fuck they were talking about. And like WWE sometimes does, they have these, you know, this army of writers and they try to do these, like, you know, these intricate, like, oh, okay, we're going to script you to go out there and talk about, we're going to talk about Justice Dean and how you're the, the arm of justice or the, the hounds of justice and what, like, I, I'm sure Dean Ambrose is sitting there like, what the fuck does this shit mean? Like, yeah. what, what am I actually doing? And, when, and, when Seth Rollins comes out now, and it just says burn it down and he got that chant over 
yesterday but i'm like what are you burning down like i know that i'm being picky and i'm kind of probably being a dick about things but like seriously can you tell me like are we burning down the company uh the opponents he's just saying burn it down it doesn't it's like just do it you know i don't know what it fucking means anymore you know, it's just a thing the seth one is fu- it's funny because like the fucking video game people gave him more of a character than <laughs> than anything because like when that game was getting promoted and he was uh he was on the cover or, or whatever like they had him film like a commercial or something where he talked about like how he wanted to burn down um like all the all the, the past of wwe and like make his own you know, basically, which is a great motivation for a current WWE wrestler, considering all they ever do is fucking jack off to the his, to the company's history yeah. anymore. So that was great stuff. And I was like, okay, well, he could, there's great character motivation. It was for the fucking video game. And other than keeping the, the, the catchphrase burn it down, they never talk about that on TV. Like, no. does Seth Rollins ever come out and be like, I'm, you know, I'm going to burn my, going to blaze my own path and blah? Like, as far as I can tell, he's just a guy who comes out and wrestles matches. Yeah. Which, is, which, is, which is funny because like they they think that w, like WWE fans think like oh we're the we're the promotion with a story I'm like well what what is what story Yeah, I mean this show was like the, the like showed that like there isn't a story there's not like I think one of the things that newer newer wrestling fans that get just get because I did this is they attribute uh, these really great smart. Uh, reasons for things that are happening in wwe and oh yeah fan, can, fan canon yeah it's total, total head canon is w, that's the only way wwe makes sense if you do head canon stuff so like i did that all the time and like uh you know who does it better than anybody else not maybe not better but as just like david shoemaker the masked man like writes these elegant essays about like w things that are happening in wwe that really is all just canon in his head like that he made up and these things aren't really happening uh, on the tv none of this is being demonstrated on a tv none of this brilliance that he'll bring up is is being demonstrated if it's happening it was probably an accident that it's happening (laughs) and like this show really like if you're tell right, so if you're telling a story and you can just decide to change the ending of the story, like the day before the ending is going to happen, you're telling a, a shitty story that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's very true. So I don't know. It, 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 it's sort of like if you're watching fucking the original Star Wars trilogy and like as they're about to film the the Emperor getting killed, like you know, let's just have the Emperor win. Yeah, it's like well, <laughs> Darth Vader. Let's just have Darth Vader stab Luke and kill him. Yeah, uh, at the end of Breaking Bad, let's just let him live and get away with it, and like didn't get caught anymore. That other six seasons didn't mean shit, nothing, you know. And yeah. it, you just can't, you just can't like you. I don't, I don't understand like the people that watch it for the stories. I, I really do. I watch it for, I guess the match. I really think I watch it to know what's happening if that makes sense it's like oh yeah look it look I, if i was not doing this show and i didn't feel like i needed to keep up with it i probably wouldn't even watch it the the, the small amount that i watch it yeah i don't even have to keep up with it but uh, other than like if i want to do a wrestling show podcast on my feed 
I can't not talk about WWE. That's yeah. just it would be crazy. It would it would like alienate even the the few people that probably care about it <laughs> that are listening to my show. But yeah. uh yeah, the the this WrestleMania had some some baffling stuff. I was actually watching your feed during the show. <laughs> it was like mostly agreeing with you. I think we're going to disagree on one thing. I'm I'm 90% sure of that. Okay, cool. Well, let's get into it then, because I'm curious now what it is. Um, and we've also danced around for a while now, so let's, I guess we can talk about the show. First of all, did you watch the, the pre-show or no? No, I, you know why? I was in New Orleans, and I thought I forgot about the time difference. So I missed it completely. I actually wanted to see the cruiserweight match. I'm interested. Did you watch it? No, I didn't watch any of the pre show. I didn't even okay, good, good. I didn't even watch the opening match of the actual show. So I'm gonna require you to I guess talk about that. Because the opener was uh the Miz, Finn Balor, and Seth Rollins for the IC title. I I missed this. I heard it was quite good. Yeah, but- I thought it was fine. I it was fine. Like it was pretty good. I, I like the finish where uh you know Finn Balor stopped. They've been telling this story where Finn Finn Balor, which I wish they were making him a heel, but it seems like they're not, you know, because he's doing uh, pro-LGBT stuff now, which is great, but now you can't turn him, it seems like to me. But he, uh, I was really, the story leading up to it has been that Finn Balor keeps like kind of horning in on Seth Rollins stuff, you know. Seth Rollins comes out, he's like, I'm challenging you for an intercontinental match, and then Finn Balor walks out smiling and says, oh, I'm doing that too. And uh, the ending ended up being kind of justice for all of that. And and I I, I did like that. Uh, You know, I watching the Miz wrestle, I felt like they could have kind of just left him out and probably would have had a better match. Is, is, I guess yeah, well, what... we can agree there too, disagree there too, then, because I, I actually like the Miz a lot, but um, I, I'm probably my second favorite wrestler there from on the main roster last year. Really? But... I, I, I'm not, I, I guess, like, I don't like his wrestling at all but like i don't mind his character or anything i have a lot of i i, I enjoy the guys that just like i don't know that, that stand there and get their fucking ass kicked and you know are willing to look like complete jerk offs to do it and that's that's the mr t basically like that guy does not give if you tell that guy to go out there and look like a fucking dipshit who, <laughs> who like gets saved by your two geeks he's just like yeah sure whatever and okay. I, have, I have a lot of respect for that. Like, I think he did. And I think his matches are good and all that. So I don't, I don't know. But, but it's cool that we disagree on this and we don't have to agree on everything. Yeah, no, that I mean, I, that's a good point, though, is that he does look like a, a, a jackass sometimes. I just WWE system guys. I have like a real prejudice against WWE. Oh, system oh I, I do, too. But like, I think I, I think him and Roman are the two that they've turned out. Well, I'm Braun. But that have tur- they turned out a few recently that have been that have been better. But like the like some of the other guys in the, in history, like um, I don't know, like Randy Orton is one that like I just Ugh. he had like a good he had a really good run with Christian. Yes, a good run. He had a good run with Mark Henry, and pretty much everything else he's ever done in his career has been fucked. I I you're cut. You just cut out them for some reason. I've never really understood why, but. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler's like, gonna. Oh yeah, he's fucking. Like even when, even when everybody loved him, I was just like, he fucking sucks. <laughs> what the fuck are you people talking about? And like, er, er, watching everybody turn on him was so fascinating because like, 
I never was into him at all. And it's like, wow, he he's he always just came off to me like, okay, he's he's trying to do Shawn Michaels, except he's clearly not as good. Like that's all he was. And what is his? What is he's another guy where you're like, what is his gimmick? What is his story? What is his like? What is he? His gimmick I mean, is he has a stupid name, and he watches a lot of Shawn Michaels tapes. That's pretty much it. <laughs> that is true. He is tuning up the band now too, as part yeah. of his, his to do his super kick. So yeah, th- I thought the match was good. Um, th- now obviously they're going to do it again and again and again now. So yeah. I'll be I mean, tired of it soon. Yeah. Um, okay, the next match, Charlotte Flair and Asuka. Um, I mean, this was the, this is the biggest example to me of like, this was a really good match. Um, I went four four stars flat on it, and it just booked like fucking shit because this is not this this was first of all this is not the time to okay there's a lot of points here. First of all, why the fuck did Asuka have to lose this? And I guess I guess it's SmackDown because they're gonna have Carmella cash in. That would be the reason I don't want Carmella to cash down Asuka. So I get that. But then just have Asuka win this match and do like the rematch with Charlotte and have her lose it like a month later. Do you, it's really bad optics. And it looks really shitty to have like two Japanese people win these two War Rumbles and then have them both go to WrestleMania and fucking lose. Like it just right. looks like, oh, like, oh, we got a we got a job to the white person. Here we go. It just it just, right. you know, it looked really shitty for a company that already is like in the bed with a Nazi party. Right. I like, I love this match. Like I I would, I'd probably be right around the same as you. I don't really rate very well. I'm not good at rating them. I don't have like a, I don't have a good scale. You know, I I would just give most things like four and three quarters to five stars. Cause I usually watch things and I'm like, yeah, but uh, this one, I I love the match and I didn't mind that Oscar lost in the end. I, I guess like, also, not knowing that Shinsuke was going to lose too, you know, and, and like not really knowing what was going to come later, I kind of felt like Asuka doesn't lose a lot from this match. Like she doesn't lose a lot losing the streak to Charlotte, who who is in their world, you know, one of the greatest women wrestlers of all time. Yeah, and, and like th- if they were going to end the streak, uh, this would this isn't the worst way to do it. This isn't the worst place to do it. But I also, I didn't like, I didn't like the, uh, the post-match, the post-match. Yeah. At that all. took it, that took it a, a huge step down for me because, okay, the match itself, I, I, I do want to note to the finish, the finish of this match was fucking stupid. And if you're like, if you're going to have Charlotte win, you know, I can, I can understand. Like, like you just said, she's, you know, the best woman's wrestling WWE in, in their canon. So fine. But like, why the fuck do you have her do it with one arm? Yeah, like I, you have. She sells this arm injury over, and she does a great job with it too. She, she's, you know, she had a great performance here, but she's selling this arm injury and selling this arm injury and selling this arm injury, and then it sets up for the spot where she gets to figure eight on with one arm, and you're like, okay, well, obviously, you know, Oscar's going to recover because you know Charlotte has the fucking figure eight on with only one arm, so she's not able to apply the full pressure, and you think, you know, whatever, we're going to go to a finish here. But then Asuka just fucking taps. Like, yeah. why do you have your unbeatable, this, um, this, basically this monster that's run through the entire roster for two and a half years, and or whatever, however long it's been, and you have her fucking tap out to a one-armed woman? Like, without True. putting it in her finisher? It just fucking, that's the kind of, like, logic shit that they don't do correctly. That just, 
when you think about it for longer than five seconds, you're like, well, this match layout makes no fucking sense. Either just don't do the arm shit and just have Asuka win, or like have Asuka hit some move or use some cradle and win. Like, why yeah. have her? Why have her win with a one arm finisher? It doesn't make any fucking sense. I I can agree. I I think even if she had done it with both, because I don't know that tapping is as bad as it used to be. Like. Mm. It, it doesn't seem as bad. They're doing it a lot more in Japan, too. And I, yeah. I think that passing out comes off as a cop-out to me a lot of times. I'm not, like, a huge fan of the pass, passing out because when somebody knows they're beat and they admit that they're beat, I don't know if that's the worst thing in the world if it looks that bad. But I, I maybe would have had her I, – I, I guess they could have had her get – pinned with the natural selection or the spear so they could have done the spear and just done a move and, and had her get pinned but i just think i really think that oscar is going to be okay like she's very over oh yeah i think I mean, everybody I, else i and think she'll be fine but i i feel like charlotte needed i feel like now they got two people that are a little like charlotte's more uh, over more, maybe not more over, but seems like a even more respectable person. Yeah, and Oscar's still always going to be a badass, and people are always going to go crazy for her when she comes out to the ring. So, like when people said it was bad booking, like the 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 in match psychology, you're totally right that that like a lot of that 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 was off. But they also that fucking prom- this promotion doesn't doesn't think at all about the psychology of what's happening inside of the match. I think that Gargano Champa match is probably the one of the most like working it into the match sorts of things that I've seen. They just they never do that here and yeah. I think they think that it made Charlotte seem really heroic and and they're not thinking about what it does to Asuka in the yeah. end, which is that's bad storytelling again it's always with them you can always take it back to it's just they're bad at telling stories they don't know how to do it i totally agree like i like i said like the the just is a kind of little thing that just i i feel like if if the promotion was better run and the person in charge gave a shit about stuff like that you know they would see the fucking finish of the match and be like well why are we beating our unbeaten this unbeaten woman that's beaten the entire roster you know how fucking stupid that makes ember moon look yeah. This woman beat her with one arm, and you couldn't beat her in like five fucking tries or whatever. It's just I don't know. It's just the entire thing. That that part was stupid. I will say, once I saw what they did on SmackDown, I understand the booking better. Like the booking of just Charlotte winning makes a lot more sense because obviously you can't have Oscar. It would have been really stupid to have Oscar get laid out by the iconic duo and lose to the cash in and have her first loss be like that. That would have been really stupid. So I totally get that from where they were going. It makes sense. So I'm a little bit less annoyed at Charlotte winning than I was uh, on that night. Although I also, I called it ahead of time. I have to say, I tweeted out that Charlotte's (laughs) going to win this. But, um, you know, I'm a a little less annoyed than I was then. But I just think just the the in-match psychology and of her how she won makes no fucking sense and is fucking stupid. So, and that took the match down a little bit for me where I might have gone like four and a quarter or four and a half. If the finish made more sense, if Oscar just all Oscar had to do was get out of that fucking figure eight, and they could have done another like even if they, it, I think it would have been cool to have Charlotte collapse back into the figure four, but then win with her dad's move. You know, like that might have been a cool way to do it, but like just I don't know the, the way they did it was just fucking stupid. But yeah, we can move on. 
She came out to her dad's music too. That, that, you booked the. You did just book the actual match better than they could have. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, I, I honestly, if 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 it was me booking it, I would have had her win the, the roll up because I would have like. I'm sure people would have been really pissed about that, but like that's the kind of shit I really like, and I'm a, I'm a mark for roll up finishes anyway. But like I love that kind of shit where you're like, well, look, Oscar Oscar won all this time, but fucking a three count's a three count. Like she just got rolled up and got beat. That's it. It just right. it happened happens. So like I would have done something where like Oscar was trying to put her own figure four on Charlotte, and Charlotte just like cradles her and pins her because because I would have I would have loved to see the crowd reaction. I would have loved to see the reaction on Twitter. And I think people would have probably melted down even more than they did, but I, I would have been into it. So the <laughs> yeah. kind of finish. Kind of, and plus, you know, it's it would have been to me like almost like this is the modern equivalent of Goldberg. What if Goldberg had lost her roll up? You know, it would have been would have been funny to say. Um, but, yeah, a lot better. And it would and it also well, it wouldn't work with Oscar, but with Goldberg, his inexperience would have been his undoing. Yeah, which would have actually been good instead of just zapping him with a. <laughs> Cattle prod. I'll never forget Goldberg. The way Goldberg sold that cattle prod. By the way, <laughs> it's like this is clearly a man who it, it, he looked like a man who had never even seen someone get cattle prodded. It's just like, <laughs> if I shake a little bit and like look like I'm about to shit, then that's what being cattle prodded is. Yeah. What a <laughs> what a disaster that was. <laughs> uh, speaking of disasters, Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, Jinder Mahal, and Rusev for the U.S. title. Um, I saw people say this match wasn't that bad, and I guess on a very sliding scale, I like WWE multi man matches might be my least favorite style of wrestling match I think ever. And you know, I, I this is something I noticed too after when I was watching the main event of Fastlane, which is another match that people actually liked a lot more than I did. It's just I don't, I there's no match to it, like no. it's just. I come in, I hit my move. You come in, you hit your move. You come in, you hit your move. Just repeat for like 15 minutes. It's just, it's just so fucking boring. Yeah, but, I saw that one live. I, I saw Fastlane live. Oh, and, okay, uh, cool. Didn't love it. Not, I mean, I liked it probably better because it didn't have commentary. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I'm going to be honest with you, John. I got up and walked out of the room when this <laughs> because I will not. I okay. I I told you I'm really prejudiced against that system style with Randy Orton, right? Yeah. That's so that's one guy that I I'm not going to sit and watch. And then I have a real like real dis I don't like Bobby Roode at all. I can't I, I don't I don't I, wrestle. I do not either. I mean, I people say oh, it's just a theme song. I don't even like the fucking song. I don't either. <laughs> so. I don't like I've never he and Jinder Mahal. I can't I can't can you, get into him in the can, ring. Can you believe they wanted that theme song to be Shinsuke Nakamura's theme song? Like, the Glorious? Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, it, 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 a little bit of it makes sense in that, like, uh, the Glorious part, like, it sounds like Freddie Mercury. And for, like, four years, the only thing people knew about Shinsuke Nakamura was that he liked Freddie Mercury and Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> it's like some weird thing that they still bring up all the time. Like that's the only, that's the only thing he's that, that he is. Um, but yeah, I, when they wanted, I, I actually told my partner that at the show was like, dude, they wanted this to be Shinsuke's theme. And he was like, no, they didn't. There's no way. Like, I promise you they did. That says how little they understood what made him cool. Yeah, 
They thought Nakamura was going to come out to some fucking some white guy screaming the word glorious. Oh god, like, okay. good, good good idea. Um, it, it's like the type of thing that's like it, that song is the type of thing that's really really fun and funny and cool. Like two times and yeah. now it's the, the rest of time we have to deal with i mean like i will admit the first few times i heard it, i thought it was pretty cool and then like by the time by the time i'd reach like the fifth time it's just like okay I'd, I'd never want to hear this song again yeah, like, there's like, no there's no song by the way it's like the, it's like what if we make a song that's just a chorus like there's <laughs> barely even a bridge but, it isn't much they don't even say yeah there's no verses at all in it there's yeah. nothing it's just three words. I, I, yeah, I, I think he's really like one of the most boring wrestlers I've ever seen. Like, I just, I, if oh, I had to, I, I think I told somebody recently that like I, he's the bottom of my scale of like, of wrestlers I like. You're Bobby Roode if I don't like you, basically. Cause I just, <laughs> his finish is just a regular old DDT. Yeah. Like, it's, there's, he is so, like, he wrestles that style that I think Triple H likes. Yeah, exactly. And like, that's, I, and I can't sit and watch him and Randy Orton and uh, gender, Rusev isn't going to fix that match for can I, can I, can I, that When they announced, when this was supposed to be a triple threat immediately, originally, gender was probably my favorite guy in the match. <laughs> I mean, like, I really, I'm not kidding. I thought, just, yeah. I was like, I'd rather watch gender Mahal. At least, at least he's, he like, he's going to do a little dance at one point. Uh, he'll probably scream some stuff. Like, I mean, it's, it's a lot better than fucking. You know, whatever the fuck Randy Orton and Bobby Roode are doing. It's conceivable that he could botch a move or something. Too, <laughs> yeah. It would be funny. Yeah. But, but I was, of course, like, I don't know who, how the fuck anyone thought the finish was going to be anything but gender pinning Rusev. Like, that is the most WWE finisher of all time. Here is this hot, this hot act that everybody likes, that can't put this himself, that we didn't come up with. So, of course, he's getting pinned by Jinder Mahal. It's like just. You should have placed a fucking bet on it the moment the match came out. You would have made some money. And it's even worse when it come when you find out what they were doing next. Oh yeah, the Rusev's <laughs> gonna face Undertaker in a casket match in fucking Saudi Arabia. Yeah, and, and Orton and Gender are gonna feud again. They couldn't even do Bobby Roode and Gender. Yeah. They went back to one of the worst. Feuds oh yeah, that's true. Last year. The exact same feud that they did after WrestleMania last year. As, as terrible as Orton and Jinder was, it was the it, third worst. I, I looked this up because I was curious when I realized that was going to be the next feud. I was like, that one worst feud of the year, right? I'm like, no, it came in third behind two two other WWE feuds. Bray Wyatt and Jinder was number – or Bray Wyatt and Orton was number one, right? Yeah. No, Bray, I think it was Bray Orton number one and Shinsuke Jinder number two. Yeah. So, so the, yes. the, two, the two of them – and two other feuds were one and two, and then yeah. there three. So look, they didn't they didn't put back together one or two. I guess there you go. They only put back together the third worst feud of twenty seventeen. And uh, there's no way it's good. There's just no way that this feud can be good. Like the the Rusev versus like what, who was champ coming in? Gender? No, it was Orton. No, Orton. Rusev versus Orton, even with wouldn't I guess they did do that one match and it was terrible. Yeah, like like for ten wasn't it like a ten second match or something? <laughs> I saw it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know. Just I they that combination of guys to me was like 
either they love me and they're just trying to get all the guys I don't like on the show and off at the same time so I don't have to see them spread out through the whole thing, or they hate me because they would have actually made that match and tried to make me watch it. Did you see what Rusev's tweet was when the when the, the casket match got announced, by the way? No, he I didn't. Said, he said, bury me softly, brother. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> he just, there's a guy who doesn't give a single shit. Like, he doesn't care at all. It's like, what are they gonna, oh, what are they gonna do? Fucking fire me? I, I don't get to do the fucking job tour anymore? Oh. <laughs> yeah, and he get, the, what are they doing? What, like, what does, <laughs> do you, have you ever, like, this is one of those things that seems like it's antagonistic towards the fans. There's more of that in this WrestleMania thing. What is the, like, does that, that's not heat Vince for likes, anybody. Well, no, it's also, I think, it has to do with Lana, too. But, yeah. but, like, I don't know. Vince clearly gets off on pissing off his most loyal fans. And that's always, I mean, that's been the case for a long fucking time. And, you know, I, I don't know. It's like, look, I think the reason, the reason why so many of the WWE apologists are so insufferable is because the only way you can convince yourself to enjoy modern WWE is like to turn yourself into like the, I'm, I'm a fan of anything that owns the libs, like kind of conservative. Like that's it. That's all you can do is all you can do is do everything you can to own the the people who want a good Red WWE to be a good promotion. That's it. That's what. That's the only way to enjoy it, is you're owning the, owning the fans. Is the only way to enjoy WWE. So. What they what they're doing with Rusev is is bizarre to me because it, like again another guy that could quite possibly not just be a he could be a big mainstream star he's charismatic he's really funny and like <laughs> look, I, look i've always said it 20 years from now people are going to look back at his period and be like how is this man not the biggest fucking star in the history of wrestling and people are gonna be like well you see he had a hot wife and he married her and that meant the boys couldn't fuck her anymore so they had to do it you don't understand it just it's so depressing because it, it, he is a guy that I legitimately I love him. I I just think everything about him is like I I think he seems like a nice guy in real life. Like he could be king, he could be the king babyface. But uh-huh. he he's also perfectly built to be a heel, and he's done it and proven that he's great at it. And like I hope he leaves. I hope he fucking leaves and does the Cody Rhodes thing. Yeah, you know? I mean, I totally get why he would stay because I'm sure the money is pretty good. But like. You know, I, I hope he leaves someday too. And, you know, we'll see. I guess what happens. But he, he definitely tweets like a guy who doesn't give a shit if he if he gets fired. So who the yeah. fuck knows? Yeah, um, he'd be great in Japan too. He's another dude that they, they would probably love in Japan. I mean, yeah. not just New Japan, but dra- any of those. Any of those. I mean, he would, he would be awesome him. for, he would be awesome for DDT because he, yeah. he's like, he's so fucking funny. On top of everything else, so he could he could go from like the series to the comedy, which you have to be able to do there to to get over. So I think he he like someone said today at Twitter like he should be DT Ace, and it's true. Yeah, but, he, that that's absolutely true. So yeah, I didn't really watch it, and like uh, gender <laughs> pinning Randy Orton or gender pinning uh, Rusev was when I found out what happened. I was like, mm, okay, well, <laughs> but fuck you, <laughs> fuck me, I guess. <laughs> the um, did, so was that? By the way, was the Oscar Charlotte thing the thing you thought we were going to disagree on? 
Yeah, I okay, just so the I had no I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I don't know what what your opinions were on the on uh, the next match. So maybe Okay. Um because I was gonna that's what I was gonna wonder. So here we go. Uh the the tag match, um Triple H and Stephanie McMahon against Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey. I have to admit to being very I was very, very, very confused with the to the react with the reaction of this match. Was this match you know, I'm. It wasn't like it was awful, you know. It wasn't horrible to get through. It wasn't insufferable. It was kind of fun. Like you know, there was there was some fun stuff in there. But like, I saw people saying like, "Oh, it's four and a half stars, four and a quarter, <laughs> outstanding match." I'm just like, what fucking match are you watching? Triple H and Kurt Angle looked like they were a hundred years old. Like yeah. at one point, Hunter couldn't get Kurt Angle, or Kurt Angle couldn't get Hunter over the top rope on like a simple pedigree counter into a back body drop. So like, you know, like they, they like the Hunter and angle stuff was the worst part of this match. Stephanie McMahon got Stephanie McMahon carried this fucking match as far as like work rate goes, which is really funny. It's a funny sentence to say out loud, but she was probably the best worker in this match by, by a pretty wide margin. Like her stuff with Rhonda, you know, Rhonda, uh, Rhonda was better than I, than I expected to be. But like those punches, oh my god! They're, they're, either she was punching Triple H in, in the gut as hard as she possibly could, or she was like throwing these punches at Stephanie that looked like Shane McMahon could come over and be like, "Let, let me show you how to t- throw a punch, Ronda." <laughs> like, like her, she was the only person I've ever seen throw least convincing punches in Shane. Um, but yeah, Steph. I mean, Stephanie. You know, she's very over the top, obviously, as she always is. But like, it it felt like to me like she was holding the fucking match together at points. So. God bless it. As terrible a human being as she is, she she like consistently overachieves in these fucking matches. I don't know what the fuck it is, but like it, there's like some alternate reality where she's not the daughter of Vince McMahon and she like has like some crazy careers like a Joshi foreigner heel or something. Because like she like that match with that Bella was way better than had any right to be. The the I quit match with Vince was way better than had any right to be. That match with Trish Stratus at No Way Out before Trish even knew how to wrestle was like way better than had any right to be. So I don't know what it is about her, but she's she like over delivers in the ring whenever whenever she does these matches. But yeah, I I mean I like I like the match. I again really bad at rating. Up, I would say that I would have to look at this in two two different ways. Like I thought I'm with you. I thought the work was kind of. Cruddy. Yeah, because he's <laughs> like, an angle. The two, the two professional wrestlers in the match were the worst part of this fucking match. Like that stuff early on with the two of them, where where Kurt looks like he's blown up about five seconds in. I mean, Kurt Angle's just done. I'm sorry, he was yeah, he yeah. was great in his day, but he he's completely done. And he was probably the worst wrestler in this match. And Triple H was not that much better. So he, he's immobile. Yeah, Kurt Angle is immobile. He can't like move his head. It seems yeah. like. It, <laughs> I don't know, but like he but, he, but, he wobbles into the ring like he just he looks like a he looks like most of his bones don't bend anymore. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah. if I if I had to, but I will say that like in terms of enjoyable enjoyability, this was a for me a great match because I fucking really enjoyed this match. Like I had fun watching it. Now that doesn't mean it was like 
good traditionally it was you know like you're saying you're making fun of you're watching ronda's punches you're like okay <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the camera cuts too like when she was throwing those punches in the corner and like the the camera had to cut a hundred times to, to like cover up like how, <laughs> how little contact was being made or stephanie I enjoyed the hell out of Stephanie just trying to make sure she didn't get uh, Stephanie. Stephanie's like, and oh, when Ronda took her down a few times, and Stephanie like ended up having like the most unbreakable submission defense in, in history, apparently, because she was like, she was like clasping her hands and like keeping Ronda from getting like that stuff was like. It was that was the one example of stuff that was like actually legitimately kind of cool, but also like just fucking hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> like Stephanie McMahon, the the, the Vince McMahon scion daughter is uh is the fucking greatest MMA defense like submission defense wrestler of our time. Apparently, you know, <laughs> you know though that was a, one of the. Uh, I'll say this that I know people were like really frustrated that Stephanie had this like really great defense. But uh, I thought it was funny. Yeah, I did too. But and in the end, like I think it like that the finish looked really fucking cool. Like in a way that WWE never does. Like yeah, I I totally agree with you. They like got right in there and were right in the face, and they showed like Ronda, you know, punching the and and pulling apart that submission and to the tap, and they don't. Dude, there's there's never moments in these matches ever that do things like that. You know, Stephanie Stephanie McMahon and Ronda Rousey was were the highlight of this fucking match. Like they 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 had, uh, you know, I, I I ended up giving like two and a half, I think, which may even be a little harsh. Maybe I'll go up to like two and three quarters or something. But like it it just it wasn't like technically good enough for me to go any higher. But like. All the stuff to me that drags it down, it was Hunter and Kurt. Like, Hunter and Kurt couldn't do anything, and they were in a huge portion of this match. <laughs> but, like, whenever it was Stephanie and Ronda, other than the fact that Stephanie was, you know, her overacting screeching is really annoying. But, like, other than that, like, their stuff was all really good. And Ronda's punches also were terrible. But, like, right. like all the stuff on the ground, the submission stuff, that stuff was legitimately fun. And it was and good. I think we're both on the same page that, like, there's nobody on this planet we want to hate more than Stephanie McMahon. Yes! She's a a terrible human being. I fucking hate everything else about her. Her promos are usually pretty bad. Her, you know, that segment on Raw, that when I I just turned into the opening of Raw and, like, saw how to watch her fucking, uh, you know, do that terrible over-the-top apology that went on forever when you knew exactly where it was going. It just... Yeah, she, her stuff is almost never interesting. But for whatever, I, I'm just being honest. Like when she's in the ring, it's usually pretty compelling. I don't know what the fucking is. I assume she gets to like stand around and practice her fucking matches, you know, for for months probably, and that probably helps. But like, I, I'm just being honest. Her matches are usually not that bad. Yeah, so. great finish. I mean, that finish. <laughs> now you're you're probably this is probably pushing it quite a bit but like the Obama the Okada like (laughs) wrist wrist clutch finishes where he keeps the wrist in his hand is like this really elegant cool thing that New Japan does and uh, I feel like WWE was trying to do that and were semi-successful and that to me was like whoa okay (laughs) well this was good this was way better than it should have been yeah and i I think ronda was good she looked better than i thought she would have other than those punches and i thought stephanie did a great job just kind of holding her hand through it and getting her through it so ring general ring general stephanie man she she got the job done 
Yeah, Triple H also. Also, when we talk about like hilariousness of this match, Triple H was like, there's no way I'm leaving this ring without, you know, doing a little bit with uh, Ronda here so I can yeah. be with the big star in the ring. And like his selfishness, his selfishness, like will never cease to make me laugh, not yeah. make me laugh. You know what I mean? he's, had, he's had the longest match of four WrestleMania's in a row. It's really cool. I, it's, it's incredible. Like- that is incredible. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I don't know. He's Hunter, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I've never seen someone, you know, I'm, I'm full disclosure. When I was 14 years old, I loved Hunter. I, you know, I was a mark for Hunter in the year 2000, but I've never seen someone get more out of one year where they were, that you can reasonably argue they were good. And even then, even the, the stuff that he was good at, then like, it does not really hold up. No, <laughs> I can watch it now. Like the stuff that was so cool then, it's like wow, it's just really, it's really just Mick Foley bumping all over the place. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, and the and the Rock, who's also really, who's really good. So, but yeah, I mean, like Hunter, Hunter is uh, he, he no one ever did more or less than that guy. Yeah, as far as, as, far as in ring talent and and that, after that one year, one year plus maybe where like his stuff in the ring was was decent. You know, there's been so many years where his stuff in the ring was just fucking insufferable pretty like has that guy had a good match other than daniel bryan that's the one i can think of other than daniel bryan has he had like a good match since like 2008 the only thing i can think of that i'll put out there that i enjoyed i don't think is him by any means but evolution versus the shield was i thought a good match okay. at the time i haven't seen it since and i was way more of a wwe fan at that time yeah but i thought that match was pretty good and I don't know if I would even give him credit for it in the end. Now, if I watched it again, I'd probably notice a bunch of stuff that I wouldn't have noticed back then. It's like, yeah, okay. But he's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't get it. I like, I don't like when Meltzer just basically won't go lower than four with him. I don't think I haven't really looked in a while. I guess he probably will for this one, but like, he just Triple H is one of those guys that's considered this really great storyteller and this really great guy in, I guess, in ring and character wise. And I just don't see it. I I and really think his matches are bland a lot of times. Yeah, if, if the old he's the ultimate guy. Where I, he's the ultimate look at my phone guy. Is that, yeah. I, I never look at my phone more than during a Triple H singles match. So. Right, and sometimes even sometimes like when he's when they're telling a story like an overall storyline, it might actually. Not usually, but there were times where I felt like his storyline was maybe the most interesting thing on the show. Yeah. But I didn't care about the match. It was just like it was like the way I watch NXT now, where it's like just I'll read the spoilers and watch the takeovers yeah. <laughs> because I can't like I just I don't want to dedicate more time to this. Like I, I that's kind of how I view Triple H's career. I was like, can I just watch the like soap opera part and like leave <laughs> out the wrestling part? Yeah, basically. But but overall, this was this was still better than I expected it to be, and it was fun, um, and it was one of the very few fucking matches on this card. You know, you notice the only I will say, and people people do like you know people th- have some optimism that things will get better booking wise when he steps down, or when Vince takes steps down and he takes over, and this was one of the very few finishes on the show that actually made sense. And that was the case. That's that is the case more often than not. That his the Triple H finish does usually make more sense than some of the other finishes. Now, now the only one that really made no sense at all was the where he beat Sting. But yeah. you know, but him like, losing it, the Rollins was like one of those things that he's so 
trying to endear himself to the internet fans yeah. now that he knows that he looks better if he looks goofy in the match. Yeah. You know, it gets but, a little bit more like the way he was selling those Ronda punches. Yeah. He looked in any other era of wrestling, people would have been like, oh, he looks silly. But he knows that when people are at home watching it and he's, you know, hamming it up with selling to Ronda's punches, he knows that that endears him to a certain part of the audience who will be able to then be like, oh, he's not a selfish guy. When in reality, he's being selfish at that moment. (laughs) But um, but I think we spent enough time in this match. Let's. The next match, we don't have to spend any time on because it's the Usos, the New Day, and the Bludgeon Brothers. The Bludgeon Brothers won. It was a match. Like, I don't know what else you have to say about it. It existed. won fast. Yeah. That's true. I'm with you. They just, that all I could see was that they won really fast, and it was kind of a, oh, here's the new guys now. That's also, it. They, they, they offended little people everywhere. Good, good for them, I guess. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> well, I don't understand, like, why? Like, we why know- did you just put a bunch of kids in the costume? Right. Yeah. And kids would. Kids would. You don't think kids want to dress up like pancakes and run yeah. around? Like no one would have been. No one would have been offended by that. But it's like, oh, it's. There's got to be some some minority we can piss off. How about the little people? Right. Yeah. It is. It is. I don't. I don't get it. I. I mean, I don't get the new day thing much anymore. Anyway. Like I'm glad they're having fun and everything. That's the way I think of those guys now. Yeah. Um, John Cena, the Undertaker. So during, we didn't even mention this during the Charlotte Oscar thing. The the Oscar post match thing that happened, where she had to like, you know, fucking grovel in front of Charlotte after she has beat her. That that to me was even worse than the than the actual the fact that she beat her. It's like, why is this woman the Empress of Tomorrow that beat everybody in the fucking company in two and a half years and has every reason to have an ego? Why is she like, oh Charlotte, you're so great. Never mind. And yeah. And then on top of that, that moment got overshadowed because someone, a referee, like, whispered to John Cena, like, your fucking car is double parked or something. And he ran up the ramp right in the middle of Charlotte's fucking celebration. So I was like, wow, way to, way to fucking make that mean something. But, you know, so what, what he was actually telling John, I guess, was the Undertaker's here. So we had a thing with Elias, which was actually pretty funny. I, la- I laughed when Elias came out. I'm not going to lie. I'm a fan of, I, I like him. As long as he's not wrestling, I like him. Yeah, same, same. Um, but yeah, so so he came out and did his thing. And Cena beat him up. And then the, then the Undertaker showed up with, uh, you know, lightning struck his clothes or whatever. And he just came out back from the dead. It's like, okay. Um, but yeah, this was a three-minute squash for the Undertaker, which I did not see that coming, I have to say. Couldn't, I'll just ask this. Couldn't they have let Elias get some offense on? in on Cena if he was going to then lose in three minutes to The Undertaker? <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess not. We, got, we have to establish a pecking order here. But yeah, I don't know. But like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't even know how to say anything about this. It was, you know, clearly Undertaker, I, I think the biggest thing probably was that they were unsatisfied with, you know, Undertaker having such a shitty match to end his career at Ro- with Roman Reigns. And they didn't trust him to really, you know, have a real match. You know, he's very old, I tell you tell people so it's like okay well he'll come out and he'll squash john cena in three minutes and that'll be it so that's what happened i think there's also and this is just me guessing because i don't know any behind the scenes stuff at all i feel like there is animosity toward john cena for doing movies oh yeah being able to being able to move on just the way he's been booked in the past like since he's been a part-timer has has not 
squared with the way other people have been booked when they were part you know they they always put the, the part-timers really strong but yeah. you think you think about like the survivor series i mean he didn't do anything in that match he got, just, what, what do you get pinned with like a fucking power slam or something yeah yeah and he just beating him in three minutes like that three minute and 30 seconds squash it squash just seems like a continuation of like well he's not going to be around as much anymore so there's really no but maybe they think that he can eat pins because he's going to be gone for a while and he can come back later yeah. but like there's no reason anybody should eat an Undertaker pin now, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it was whatever. I don't really have a lot. I don't yeah. I didn't really have any strong thoughts on it. Just, it happened. You get um, nothing out of a Undertaker pinning somebody is all, that's what I think. Like, yeah. I mean, there's nobody gets anything out of that. But I don't, I don't, I mean, I guess it's John Cena. Like if a lot of other people you squash in three minutes, I think would be hurt by it. But I don't, I mean, by the time Cena shows up again, he's going to really give a shit. Right, yeah. yeah it's um, not a big deal. Um, the next match, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So for Daniel Bryan's return match, his his first match as a professional wrestler in what, like four fucking years or whatever, um, he comes out here, no, three years. He comes out, and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they give him a powerbomb on the apron, and he sits there in a neck brace with a, you know, on the stretcher. It's the fucking WWE trope. Of you know, is this guy going to be able to return? And with Daniel Bryan laying on the floor, probably the best in-ring wrestler of the of the past like twenty years or whatever, maybe people would argue the best of all time. The, he's laid on the fucking floor for like ten minutes while Shane McMahon, um, not a good in-ring wrestler, in, in perhaps a little bit of an understatement there, wrestled the entire match. Um, wasn't good. No. <laughs> I, I said on Twitter, like, I, I can't remember any match that went from being so bad to so good when Daniel Bryan did make his inevitable return. And I just, I don't, like, why did they do this? I Why I, did, <laughs> why, why handicap your own match on your biggest show of the year? Why have, it's not like it was because Daniel Bryan couldn't go. He clearly showed he could go at the end of the match and again on SmackDown when he wrestled AJ. So why the fuck would you powerbomb him into the apron and take him out of the match and make Shane McMahon go the entire way? What was I, the... I, I, I just... I don't know. Heat. It, it's like always with them, they think there's this, like... Like, they think that they're creating a dramatic thing, but they're really just not giving you what you want for some reason. Like, they could have... He could have been in and they could have just tagged... They could have done the hot tag any other way where Daniel Bryan could have been involved in the match at least yeah. for the first part of it. I mean, just the, the stuff with Shane getting beat down was horrendous, horrendous. And, you know, like Shane is uh, as, as much as people like Shane, I, you know, I mean, he, he, he did jump off some pretty high things back in the day, but like other than the, other than Kurt Angle, just completely whipping his ass that one year, King of the ring. I, I can't think of like a really good Shane McMahon performance, and just you know he's he's really fucking terrible, especially since he came back this last time. He is really really awful, and like just they, I don't I don't know they like that's that that's his company in a nutshell. Yeah, taking the best wrestler maybe of all time and putting him on the sidelines to let Shane McMahon fucking work almost you know three quarters of the match or whatever. Just I mean 
Even just putting him with Shane McMahon. Yeah, always, of, of course, but always yeah. putting Shane McMahon with like the great, like they had him with AJ last year. They have a match between him and AJ. It's like, why, why does he get the, the wrestlers that could put on five-star matches at these things? Yeah. No, I yeah. thought it was fine. I, 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 it wasn't good. I actually, I didn't think it was good. I'm like really like, I'd like to see them separate Sammy and Kevin and let Sammy have a heel run by himself. Cause I, I think that could, I, I think that would catch him on fire. I, I really do. Yeah. Like as Kevin's, uh, as Kevin's like, you know, sidekick, there's a certain ceiling there. So. Right, and they're only going to see him as a sidekick. They're never going to see him as above Kevin, even though uh, Kevin's another guy that, like, I was a huge fan of him very early on, but, like, I, I feel like he hasn't been doing much either, and, and that's in matches, too. I just I feel like he's really leaned a lot on the, the chinlock city thing. Oh, I do headlocks all the time. It's funny, and it's like, mm, yeah, it's boring, too. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of him anymore, either. Um, and I liked him in, in his Ring of Honor days, but like, yeah, he's not. He hasn't been that great. Uh, also, also like I love the commentary being like all the commentators had to be like Kevin Owens attacked the chairman of this company. It's the most diabolical thing I've ever seen. The biggest face probably of all time used to do nothing but attack the chairman of this company like every fucking week. That's two uh, stories on this <laughs> show too. That's what's funny. Um, and I even had this thought about NXT or like how they start the shows all the time with the crowd chanting NXT. I'm like, yeah. they're chanting the name of a brand. <laughs> it's like, but you know, I mean, even on this show though, like, so in in this match, it's heinous how Owens and Zayn attacks Vince McMahon when people run this company at all. Shane is, you know, Shane is standing up for the company. The cha- the GM is a babyface. Like two matches earlier, the the Ronda Rousey Kurt Angle beat the fucking shit out of a McMahon and a you know and a and a, and a G the, uh, like the COO of the company and they were fucking heroes, right? Like which and is the, it? And the main event of this show though, the main event of this show is a guy saying like my opponent doesn't like this company at all, and it's like who gives a shit? I don't like the company I work <laughs> for either. Great, I'm glad he doesn't like the company. Uh, it's just it, they they have like no consistency at all. People are gonna hate this episode. I'm realizing now because they the the most the episode of this podcast where I got the most hate was when I was like really negative about WWE. Like a lot of people hate hearing that, so. Oh well. <laughs> I feel like we've been I, I don't th- I think we've been relative I think this is I listen to your show every week and I feel oh, like this you. is one of the more on uh like upbeat shows that <laughs> yeah. we've done since I've listened. Wow. You know? About WWE, you mean? Yeah, about WWE. I'm, I'm, I'm very I'm very positive about like DDT. <laughs> yeah. No, this is the most upbeat uh WWE one. It feels like you didn't hate uh, like you didn't hate much of anything, really. No, not until not, we're gonna get to the stuff I really hated. But yeah, see, I just meant we, we. I guess we did talk a lot of shit about WWE's booking and stuff. But I don't know if you're if you're listening to Wrestling Omakaze to hear praise of WWE's booking. I think you've come to the wrong place. Yeah, I mean, I I always <laughs> I'm just a guy that's like, uh, whenever somebody starts talking about it, I just go like, oh yeah, I I know about it, so I can talk 
like intelligently about what's going on in it but i'm always like oh yeah i usually watch different things because i I don't want to tell somebody that what they like sucks and oh yeah yeah. i watch it i watch it every week like i can't i guess say that i don't like it but i i'm willing to say like I, i don't i don't like a lot i think a lot of it's so bad like i'm watching it in a way that like i like a lot of stuff that is bad you know, I watched yeah. one of my most popular, two of my most popular episodes of Street Fight are, one, the episode about Sons of Anarchy with Will Meneker from Chapo Trap House. Where <laughs> yeah, that, that, I, that, was, that was awesome. Where Will and I talked about Sons of Anarchy because we watched every single minute of every single episode. And two, a whole show about new metal. So, like, I just for me it's like sometimes i just i like things that suck and it's okay to like things that it's okay to be i guess into something that sucks and sometimes this shows sometimes wwe like especially if you really are only watching the pay-per-views is so it's very fun i think yeah i mean i only i only watch the pay-per-views and i i like last year was not a good year for that but there have been years where the shows are quite good and you know what and so far i mean i'll be honest this year the royal rumble was good um Elimination Chamber was okay, so that's two that were yeah. that were not terrible. Like that's more than I liked a lot of the fucking 2017 shows. Um, right. I didn't really wa- I didn't really watch Fastlane. I only watched the main event, which I didn't like. But and this WrestleMania was it was a hell of a lot better than the last two WrestleManias. Uh, right, the last two WrestleManias were fucking just awful. Where this show had a lot of stuff that I enjoyed, even though the, I think the booking was just totally crazy. Now right. the problem is we're gonna get to it. It just cratered after this but yeah what is the next match i'm, uh, I'm forgetting <laughs> it's nia jackson alexa bliss which was okay um clearly not nearly as good as the other women's title match i mean just you know how could it be i guess um but it was fine not the, really commentary, the commentary infuriated me during this match i think more than any other time because of the the story they're telling about nia Jax. Yeah. To me, it sounds like when you keep reiterating that she loves herself because of who she, what she looks like, yeah. it makes it sound like she shouldn't. Does that make sense to you? Like that yeah. there's something wrong with her, and there's not. I mean, she's a beautiful woman. <laughs> like yeah. I don't really, I, and I don't think that most of society even would look at her as like an an ugly woman you know what i mean like yeah, i like think- society would look at her and be like oh yeah she's 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 on the big side but like no one would be like you know and it's really like they they make this big thing about her weight it's like well she's fucking six feet tall like it, it's not has nothing to do with her i mean not nothing but it has less to do with her weight she's just very fucking tall like that like if you saw nia jackson she was not a professional wrestler you would not be like they think you'd be like look at the fat chick you would not be like look at the fat you'd be like look at the <laughs> You'd be like, look at the six foot tall woman. That'd be the first thing you would notice. So it's, it's not even like she's that for her fucking height. It's not, it's not like she's that heavy or anything. So I yeah, don't know. It's why it the, just that commentary was infuriating because they did it every few minutes in the match, and you're just like, you don't. I mean, you don't have to say it over. Yeah, we and over we got it. We got it. She's heavier than most most of the WWE wrestlers. But like, first of all, I always wonder, like, how does this make like. Like there are plenty of women on who who I'm sure watch WWE who are you know 
like they look like Nia Jax or they're heavier. It's like, what, do you think this makes them feel good that you have to say over and over again, you, by the way, you're fine. You're beautiful. You're fine. You're beautiful. Like, I'm sure they don't want to hear that. You know? No, no it, uh, and it, it's, it, yeah. Uh, but the match, uh, I think I, I always like when the heel is smaller than the baby face and they have to cheat and like kind of peck away at them through cheating through the whole match and being smarter than the baby face. And then in the end, you know, she ended up losing, but I, I thought this match was pretty fun. Yeah. Was- I, I think you liked it more than I did, but I didn't have any, I didn't have any problem with that. I would, I would go like three stars or something. It was good. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was a match basically. Like I wasn't a bad match. It was, it was like a pretty good match. Yeah, I think that I think we're about to say I I just have this like I I have I get a lot of pleasure out of like the uh, out of really of cheap shots like I just I love that kind of thing. So (laughs) I might have liked it a little more than you because it had something that I specifically love. Yeah. Wrestling matches. But um, but they both played their roles well, I thought. So nothing really wrong with it. Um, Okay, but the disaster, though, in my opinion, anyway, were the two world title matches starting with the WWE championship match, AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, you know, going in, what I predicted for the show was I thought they were going to have a match roughly equivalent to the Wrestle Kingdom match they had, maybe a little worse, but it was going to get held up as like a, a five-star classic because, you know, WWE fans are just are, are desperate, honestly, to, to have something of that quality come from the main roster. So I, I would I expected something like, you know, like, I gave the Russell Kingdom match, like, four and a quarter. I expected something, like, in the four-star range, and it would be overrated by a lot of people. <laughs> this was not that. This was not... That's not what we got at all. Um, I don't know what we got, exactly. We got a slow, back-and-forth, no story, really, to speak of, just a fucking match. Like, if I went to a house show in some fucking random-ass town. If I went to a house show in White Plains, New York, where they still, I think, run house shows this day at this auditorium up there in Westchester, and this was the main event I got, I would be pretty annoyed. I'd be like, wow, you got you could have tried a little bit more than that. And that's what they gave us at Mania in the in what's basically the semi-main slot. Yeah, so, so I said this earlier in a match that I uh, my thoughts, I had two or three like predictions i guess the one was that aj just carries this to an incredible transcendent match that's good that that is really great i didn't have a lot of faith in nakamura because he hasn't given me any reason to he had that Sami Zayn match and then after that it was like nothing else that i like he, he, he did the kota Ibushi match with a white guy that was pretty much yeah. <laughs> so the, <laughs> i never thought of it like that so i didn't know that i didn't think he was gonna like turn it on to for this show i don't think he cares any more about wrestlemania than he cares about survivor series or anything else uh but i i did think that if they coasted in a gear of saying like let's just have a new japan style match it would have come off as really great on this show so through the whole match i'm waiting for it i thought they were doing a new japan style match and uh they weren't in the end, they they weren't they never got into any other gear other than like beginning of the match, and then it just 
ended out of nowhere. And I don't know if they thought that was because they could like lean on the heel turn at the end to make it a memorable thing, but I will never remember one thing that happened in this match. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the thing I will remember is I remember that Shinsuke Nakamura hit the landslide, which is a movie barely ever used in new Japan for years at the end. And Corey Graves knew what it was. Like that to me is the most memorable thing about the match is that he hit the landslide. Corey Graves was like, "Wow, the landslide!" I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm impressed that you knew that move." Um, and I, I, you know, and I don't remember that they, they had a strike exchange towards the end where I was like, "This probably would have really gotten." Because I went to Strong Style Evolves a few weeks ago, and I was just I remember thinking like, "This would have gotten really over at Strong Style Evolved because that crowd all night long like they loved every single strike exchange to the point where I think guys were doing them longer because they just knew it's like, "Oh, the crowd's gonna go nuts for this." So, and every time they, they did every time. So I, you know, if I was a wrestler on that show, I would have done some fucking strike exchanges too. But like, uh, but the, 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 the WrestleMania crowd did not give a shit about a strike exchange after like 15 minutes of fucking boredom. Yeah. So, it's a Bobby like, Roode style match. I yeah. Called- oh, <laughs> that's a great, that's a great. Yeah, that's great. I called, uh, we, I was in a chat and people were like, you know, this is when they gave up on him, on Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> and I basically in the chat posted King of Bobby Roode style. <laughs> all of his matches are just really like, it's like the WWE template for a TV match. And yeah. like that match, I, I just, I wonder, I would love to hear the story from like, those guys about what they were thinking during that match because like was it what i remember when a uh, when dean and brock lesnar had that match and you could just tell that brock lesnar was like not into it It was like (laughs) fuck it like i feel like maybe what one or both of them were just like man it's just i don't feel like doing this you know they didn't wrestle but like i always found it odd that people talked about this like this this uh chemistry that they had when they only wrestled one time yeah. in new japan they, they, wrestled like- one, they, they wrestled one time in a match that i i found personally disappointing and that might be because you know to me the standards for for that match were so high the four and a quarter like you know i full disclosure for for how i rate matches like i see four and a quarter like you know every other week like four and a quarter is not anything special on my rating schedule. Like I just saw a, my rating system. I just saw like a four and a quarter star match in all Japan and a champion card in front of like 300 people. So it's not like that's something that's special. It's just, it's a, it's a very good match. It's a, you know, a really good match, but it's to me, that's like below, like, like to me, four and a half is where match of the year candidate starts, starts coming in. Like four yeah. and a quarter to me is a really good match, but not match of the year level. And that, and that's what they had at Wrestle Kingdom. So to me, like all the stuff about chemistry, it's like, well, they had a really cool finishing sequence in that match, but like the rest of that match really was not as good as people, I think, seem to remember it being. But, you know, obviously taste is subjective and all that. But yeah, yeah. like, but you're right, though, for one match that I found disappointing, and I think a lot of other people found disappointing, to say they had such great chemistry, it's like you dream match, and all this stuff. It's like, well, they had a match and it was good, but like that. These, these are not like it's not like to hear people talk you think they signed okada and tanahashi and they were gonna wrestle it's like yeah well they're they have great chemistry but like shinsuke and aj like they were both just because they were both in the same fucking place does not mean they had great chem- and had one high profile match does not mean they had great chemistry right because wouldn't you it's the same thing that happened with aj and kevin owens it's like both guys that have had really great matches 
uh, they just don't work well together. They just, yeah. it stinks. But in the, then you look at two, so here are two guys that I don't love uh, Kevin Owens' WWE work, and I really don't like Dean Ambrose's, but I thought those two guys had really great chemistry when they were wrestling each other. It's like these things, you have to see them have matches. Yeah. More than just one match before you can find out but, if they have some kind of chemistry. And it is very possible for two really great wrestlers to have bad chemistry or it's possible for two wrestlers that are mediocre to have great chemistry and just do something but back to one of your original what are your points was like that you thought both guys were interested to me okay shinsuke shinsuke is only so interested that that's me is normal the the lack of interest from aj was what really shocked me where like i've seen enough aj styles over the years to see i've seen aj styles in a fucking g1 match against um against fucking bad luck Fale. Like one year, when he went out there and was like, you know, I know I'm not in there with the greatest wrestler of all time, but I'm going to go out there and I'm going to have a, good, a really good match. And he went out there and like bumped his ass off and, you know, just fucking, you know, did all this cool like character stuff about like the Bullet Club. And just, it was a really cool little match. And like he, you could tell he was really trying hard to make something out of that match. I did not get that feeling from him at all here. Like yeah. he just felt, I felt like he was in the match and, you know, I don't know if it's like he expected Shinsuke to do more, which in which case he sort of watched like any other Shinsuke Nakamura match in WWE. But like, it just felt like he was waiting for Shinsuke to do something. And it's like, I, I remember tweeting out, like, I don't even know what the fuck AJ is doing. Like at one point he did this weird, like sliding form that just looked like shit. I'm just like, what are you doing? It's WrestleMania. Like yeah. fucking do something. And like, he didn't do shit. So. I mean, he carried Shane McMahon to a pretty goddamn good match last year. It was, it's so weird that this match was very weird. I, I gotta know how, what, I don't think we'll ever find out what happened, but something happened here that yeah. was like not right because neither one of them seemed like they were into doing this match I, at all. Yeah, I completely agree. So I gave this I gave this one and three quarter stars. <laughs> um, I thought it was really terrible, and I never want to see it again. So. This, that's my fit. The, there you go. Now you're gonna piss. <laughs> you didn't even have to give that star rating, John. <laughs> <laughs> one and three quarters. That's my star rating for AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I um, would give it. I would give it. SmackDown match. Like, I would just say it just felt like a match that they should have just maybe done on SmackDown. <laughs> well, yeah, I heard that a lot, too. That like, they, like they should have done the match on SmackDown as a main event, and then done the heel turn, and then done an actual good match at WrestleMania. But right. Anyway, instead we have the heel turn after this, and, the, and I will admit the heel turn was memorable. So that's, that is something. So I'm sure there is something to that where they thought, like, you know, the heel turn is going to be what people really remember. But, but hey, it, it's fucking WrestleMania. Maybe... Maybe just have a good match and a heel turn. Yeah. That's my suggestion. Maybe I do like that Nakamura is now the guy that just low blows all the time. Yeah. Like that's that's kind of cool. cool to me. And to me, he should he should just say, like, it's Toriano. He taught me. Yeah. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to, obviously. But um, but yeah, it was a good it was a uh, it was a good angle. And not nothing wrong with the angle. Like I, I was already to fucking hate it. Like I was very I was ready to tweet out, oh my god, they're having another Japanese person like fucking castrate themselves in front of a white person. Like I was all ready to fucking tweet it and then he fucking low blows them. Like, oh okay. Well yeah. this is this is better now. Although I, like 
<laughs> he yeah. came out of that match. He did. We can say this. Like, he did lose the match. He came out of that match looking better than AJ. AJ did not look good in that match. He had a really good match on SmackDown this week with, with Daniel Bryan. A, a pretty good match with Daniel Bryan. But, like, I... I don't. I I hope he's okay. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, the, the, does that make like it? It really is out of character for him to like be the guy that comes out of the match with like a. It was meh. Okay, whatever. You know, yeah. fine. It's over. But all right. So that was that match. Um, the the tag title match was next. Again, I don't really know how much we have to talk about this. The kid thing was funny. I guess I don't really. Have strong feelings. There's a lot of people have really strong feelings on this both ways. Um, I, I I don't think it fucking ma- like people are like oh the they'll never be able to say that anyone's the youngest title holder in WWE again. It's like who fucking cares? WWE titles. They have okay. They have two sets of tag titles, two women's titles, two world titles, two like all two like quote unquote secondary titles, and all the NXT titles. None of these titles fucking matter at all. Especially now that we're going back to, to fucking single brand pay-per-views where you're going to have like either every single match on the show is going to be a title match or like half the titles are going to be on the pre-show or something. Like these titles don't fucking matter. Who who fucking like these people I saw getting like upset about this. Like who could possibly care that a child won half the Raw tag titles? Who could care? It's yeah. so stupid. I, I, I talk. I, I thought I wasn't on either side. I talked myself into saying the people who were really upset about this, y'all need a clue. This was fucking stupid. I mean, it's fucking stupid to care that that a child won the Raw Tag Titles. They're these stupid-looking pennies, or I guess now they're they're silver. So now they're like nickels on red straps. They mean nothing. So yeah, nobody. Who are the other tag teams? Name the name. I guess you could name good tag, like the revival. I guess is good. They're never going to do anything with those guys. They're never going to be like the tag titles are never going to mean anything. Especially when you have one set of tag titles, it's it's possible for them to mean something. But when you have these split brand tag titles, like people who did not leave, live through the last brand split, I would rather have a child as a as a tag champion than Deuce and Domino. <laughs> um, I'd rather have a ta- child as tag champion. Then the Bashams, like I mean, there were a lot of really, really, really terrible teams during the the last split brand era. So T- Titus Worldwide could also be <laughs> like I just yeah, and Braun Strowman. I mean, he's one of their guy. He's like one of their top guys. They yeah. They, I mean, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, and they held him. They they couldn't put him in a match because they thought they might have to replace Roman. I guess yeah. and like fine, whatever. That's good. It's, it was, it was, a, it was a perfectly susceptible. I don't really have to talk anything else to say about it. So let's right. go to the main event. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the Universal title. Um, <laughs> I, I really don't even know where to start with this. Um, wh- why don't you start? What do you think of Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns? Uh, okay, <laughs> so the whole time we're watching it, at the beginning, we're like, oh, this crowd doesn't care. This match is stupid. I don't know what's happening here. And then he cut him open. And I was like, oh, now it's all of a sudden awesome because there's a bunch of blood and that'll just get me going, you know? Yeah. And then when I think the, the thing that I'm weirded out the most about this is I'm in a room full of people who are not supposed to like Roman Reigns. 
who don't really like Roman Reigns. Like, I, I'm not a fan of him. I felt like he, like, should have won this match. And uh, when it didn't, when he didn't end the match, even even people who don't like him or agree with his choice as the top guy were like, what What even was that? How am I supposed to feel now that yeah. this is over? I, I mean, guess what I was thinking. Before we get into the finish, I mean, the match itself, I, full disclosure, okay? WrestleMania 31, the, the last time that Brock and Roman Reigns, like, I gave that match four and three quarter stars. I thought that's one of the best matches WWE's done in, you know, in the past, like, five years. Really awesome match because Roman got to do what he was good at, which was take a fucking beating and then come and try to make his comeback at the end. Brock had to do what he was good at, which is just beat the shit out of him the entire time. And the crowd was into it because the crowd liked Brock at the time and they were into him beating the shit out of Roman. You fast forward here to, to four years later or whatever, or three years later, and just everything that worked about that match did not work in this match. First of all, the crowd didn't care because they no longer liked Brock. Right, like they—I don't know if it's all the rumors. Like they set out to make the crowd not like Brock and to make them like Roman, you know, in the, in the build of this match, and they succeeded in half of that. They they succeeded in making the crowd not like Brock because you know this time this was like the least over I can ever remember Brock being at a major show like this. He seems uh, out. He seems very out of shape too. Yeah, that's but, like I wonder if he's getting off the roids because he has to go back in the UFC fight, you know, drug testing pool. That's possible, but he also, uh, I mean, seems like he's carrying extra weight, I guess, uh, which seems like what he's, I don't know. He just, he doesn't look good right now. And they <laughs> have made him worth, like, the, okay, doing a bunch of short matches like that, while it's cool that he's doing, like, while it's different, and when he does them every once in a while, that's great. It becomes a lot less interesting when... I mean, all the matches are the same psychology. Yeah. And they're that he just kills and mauls you. And then in the end, he's going to pin you. Or, or so I think we all just thought he was just going to beat the crap out of Roman Reigns and yeah. Roman Reigns was going to squeak it out at the end. And boom, there we go. And uh, when that didn't happen, it was even more like this is not the first, the thing I always think about when shows end like this is when they give their like stock calls and they talk about putting smiles on people's faces. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, were we supposed to smile at the end of this show? <laughs> the, so, so they do this match. Um, it's going on forever. To me, the biggest problem is first of all, it wasn't even following the old formula from the 31 match. Like they had Roman, they just kind of traded moves for a long time. Like Brock would do a suplex. Roman would do a Superman punch. Another Superman punch. Another Superman punch. And, you know, I know Roman gets shit for having uh, repetitive, you know, some his repetitive moves and stuff like that. But, like, th- it felt like they were almost trying to play into it. Because he didn't do anything except the Superman punch and the spear in the entire match. He did almost really nothing. It's like... Are you guys like just trying to to see like how repetitive you can have him be without like um you know without without like people rioting? Like I, I just don't really understand it. And so the match is it was it was just a bunch of stuff until the blood, you know, just just went on forever, just kinda the, the crowd not forever, I mean it wasn't that long, but just it felt like it went on forever, which is not a good thing. And the, you know, it just it dragged and dragged and dragged. The crowd didn't care at all. 
And, you know, then we started doing all the finishers. And I have never in my entire life seen a crowd care less about finisher kickouts than they cared here. Like they yeah. just kept hitting that fucking F5 over and over and over again. And every time Rome would kick out, just there was nothing. There wasn't cheers. There wasn't booze. It was like just nothing. Right. That's where you can eat. That's maybe even where you can think that's why if they did switch it during the match, I think after the three F5s that he kicked out of and they got absolutely nothing, it was like we it doesn't matter who wins this match. Nobody cares about this yeah. match at all. And and like uh, I I think building a match just for my personal taste, building a match around the Superman punch, one of my least favorite moves in all of wrestling, <laughs> is probably not the best idea. It looks silly when Brock Lesnar has to sell that stupid punch that barely even makes contact most of the time. And it's such a children's idea of like, no, I'll make the punch hurt when I because I jump in the air when I do it. That's why it hurts more. See, I always thought it was like a takeoff of like an MMA. Isn't it like a takeoff of an MMA thing? Like I uh, thought someone did like a Superman punch and like once in a fight, and that's why they they copied it from. I guess there. Yes, I know there's a Superman. There was a Superman punch in an MMA thing, but like this seems to me built more around making him a superhero. Yeah. Than, than oh yeah, yeah, I get, I get it. Yeah, I get what you mean. But yeah, I don't. So, so it just goes on. I don't know. So it just goes on, and Brock is kicking all these F5s, and Roman's kicking out, and no one gives a fucking shit. And then, you know, we get to the blood, which I, I saw a guy, um, a, a dude I really like on Twitter that's been that's been uh, on the show before, Kevin Brown. He did a review of this match, and he said, you know, in a different context, like, Roman covered in blood's like, refusing to give up could have been, like, his Stone Cold Steve Austin, like, you know, his big character moment. And in this context, it came off like a parody, like DET doing a parody of Austin Brett. Like it came off like nothing. And and then Brock just hits another F5, the 6-1, and he pins him. One, right. two, three. And right. at that point, it's just like, I, you know, I think I just tweet out like, you know, ha, 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 like what the fuck? Because it's like, you know, I don't, I, I don't, personally, I don't like WWE and I don't really want them to succeed. So watching them do something that just to me was so transparently stupid was just really amusing right and and and, you know i i i love kevin too by the way but uh uh, the the whole thing of like uh of of like that blood i got amped when the blood happened because i thought we were going into this crazy gear where everybody's gonna go where they're gonna go into like a really hot oh yeah i see in in the moment yeah it did feel like the blood was like could be the start of something yeah and they could have got that crowd i think they could have got that crowd if the blood was the beginning of something but the blood was the end of the match they were just like okay he's cut open he can't go much longer and pin and we all knew there was gonna be blood in this match like this brock lesnar at WrestleMania means there's going to be some blood unless he's wrestling Dean Ambrose, of course. But uh, so, yeah, very just really weird that he didn't. I just think it's so weird that Roman didn't win. Uh, It put a bad taste in my mouth. Even like I said, even though I don't care, I really don't care. But just 
It just felt like it just uh, here's what I here's what I'll say about it. There's a lot there's a lot of reasons why I think even if you don't really give a shit about Roman, why you, you might think like, oh my god, I'm really doing this. In the moment, it feels like, well, why did we just spend three years of our lives waiting for this then? Like, you know, it, fe- it felt like the entire promotion's been in a fucking holding pattern. It's felt you know, I guess especially Raw has been a holding pattern until we could get to this Brock Roman rematch finally and you know, have Brock have Brock lose the title to Roman and that's it. So here it is. We're finally here. You know, we put it off a year because they they thought that Brock Goldberg thing was interesting, which it was. So good good call. And they had Roman do that terrible match with their taker instead. And we had to wait another year of like just nothing with that Brock like what was that Brock title reign? It was a, a pretty crappy match with Samoa Joe, a good four away match at SummerSlam, a really crappy match with Braun Strowman. Um, one of the most disappointing matches I think in WWE history, honestly, given that that Braun was on a pretty good big role until then, and you know a okay match with AJ, and a lot of people like more than I did, and a really crappy match again with Braun and Kane. So you know you're talking like that's it for a fucking for that to be the entire year just basically tells you that like that having that having to sit through that entire year, you know, that really wasn't very good with this title just to get to this WrestleMania. And then just have Brock Wood at the end. Just felt like, then what the fuck was the point of having him with this fucking title for the past year? What did I sit through all this shit for if you weren't even going to fucking have Roman win? Yeah. That, that is, I think, what made people really angry. And, you know, the next day they announced, oh, by the way, he's going to defend it in Saudi Arabia anyway, which I think people didn't really know if that was going to be the case. So. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe they only put over only put off the coronation by three weeks, but in the moment, it really felt like, why the fuck did we sit through all this shit? Right, and I've been hearing the uh, the the people on. I I, I know I I listen to post rest the post wrestling podcast to get like WWE like to get a lot of the WWE stuff because they they talk about it more, and uh, they're kind of like I think the Saudi Arabia crowd is going to be hotter. So it'll be better to do the coronation there. And it's like, well, then what does that make us exactly? The people that tuned into WrestleMania like are just like, oh, fuck you. You people don't know what's right. We're just going to go ahead and go over here. Like, you know, and then I also saw a lot of the WWE apologists people online blaming the crowd like the crowd was a bunch of ass. Oh, yeah. yeah. What are they supposed to fucking do? What do you what? Why is it the crowd's fault that they put on a dog shit boring match? Look, <laughs> two in a know, row. I I under I understand. I will even understand to a degree that the crowd wanted to hate that match immediately, and and they were not gonna, you know, even if the match was better. But first of all, I don't. I, I'm not even sure that's 100 true. If the match is better, they might have gotten into it. But second of all, it is the crowd's right to take out a bunch of beast balls and shit on this match if they want to. They fucking paid their money to go to this fucking show, and they're allowed to do that. The people freaking out, like, oh, it's a three-year story. Oh, this is really embarrassing. The crowd doesn't care. Is there anyone on the entire planet Earth who thought that Roman Reigns was going to be, like, beloved in this match? Yeah. yeah. Is there anyone on the entire planet Earth that thought that the crowd was going to be super into this match? Yeah, well, I, you can all tell. Like you've been watching the slow decline of interest, the slow decline of interest for Brock Lesnar for 
a while now. You you could watch it. You could see, you know, people disappointed at the end of the Joe Brock match that they were super excited for, but then the end of it was flat. And then he does like he does this series of matches where like the one with AJ, I did like a lot. Like I, I really enjoyed it. But it also I felt like the end was flat again. It was just a little more like, well, AJ is a smaller guy. He took the F five, whatever he, he didn't kick out, but like, so you got these two guys that I don't think are super like everybody's favorite, you know, and you put them on in the main event of a six hour show that is boring. And like, also that a lot of people didn't like, uh, people don't like the story of Roman Brock and, part of the booze has been like this is four years of this guy getting booed because they don't like him and they don't like the story you're telling with him yeah. so whatever's gonna happen at the end they're not gonna give a shit about i didn't care what happened at the end because i haven't liked this story from the beginning it's you like know? they're allowed to not be into a fucking match and i don't like the fact that people you know were freaking the fuck out on twitter like it was some fucking you know national shame or something it's just I, I don't know what to tell you guys it's like they're they're allowed to not like a match i also do think that aj and nakamura hurt that what came after it in a way too like yeah. where it was like uh people expected to get that match as like an outstanding match and when they didn't get that i think that probably hurt the crowd yeah they thought they were going to be screaming their heads off at the end you know if you want to see a good three uh, three to five year story it's you know okada tanahashi like did it and nobody ever lost interest in that feud certainly and, not the live, not the live not, definitely not the live crowds yeah <laughs> and, and they, because they approved of it from the very beginning that i love these matches these matches are so good yeah and I'm going to, I, like, I'm excited for him every time. Instead, they kept these two guys apart, number one. So, like, they, I guess you could say they told a three-year story, but how most of the three-year story was both guys feuding with different people. Yeah, I mean, I, well, you know, the three-year story stuff is bullshit. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah. But that's definitely that, people I'm saying on Twitter, but, like, that is horseshit. Anyway, yeah. I mean, like, um, uh, I, I kind of lost my, what was I going to say here? It was so basically this so that back to the the eight, uh, the other thing too about this this match you know which I don't I don't know if people want to want to say this but like the show was seven hours long mm-hmm. like even a match that's like outstanding at this point would have had to deal with a, a, a tired crowd so you have like to me it was like the perfect storm of a tired crowd a a crowd that didn't want to see these two guys in the in the match and a, a fucking shitty match. Yeah, <laughs> like on top of everything, it's not like if they went out there and had a fucking five star match and the crowd shat on it, that match was not good. Like I don't know what else to tell you. I gave it two stars. Okay, one, <laughs> two. Well, Kevin Bradley just talked about he gave it a dud. So yeah. like people, people were even more brutal than I was. It was not a good wrestling match. It's not like the crowd was given you know fucking Bret Hart and Owen Hart from fucking wrestlemania 10 or something and shat all over it they were given crap okay they weren't even given the last brock roman match which i thought was outstanding they weren't even given that they were given 15 minutes of two guys hitting the same two moves over and over again brock hit a suplex and an f5 roman hit a superman punch and a 
um, and the spear. He even that, did a drive by. He didn't do it. He yeah. didn't even do his now, other two moves. I, I'm not saying that that you have to be fucking. Everybody has to be, uh, you know, Zack Saber Jr. or Hideki Suzuki and know a million counters for every hold or whatever. But can you can you just do like more than two moves? Is that a, I know people don't like hearing about moves, but can we just do more than two? Is what I'm requesting. Maybe maybe get up to like five. Okay. Yeah. I've guys I've seen wrestling matches where guys hit five moves and that's it. But like two like I remember Royal Rumble 2003, like people getting on Scott Steiner's case because all he would do in that fucking match was an overhead belly to belly over and over again. And like I don't remember everybody being like outraged, like how dare you get Matt Scott Steiner for not doing more in the same move. Like, well, well, the John like, Cena squash, which is one of my favorite WWE matches, that John Cena SummerSlam squash was only one or two moves, right? Yeah. There's like 20 suplexes. It's like you just have to – you just kind of have to do – I don't know. And it, it's just – it didn't work for this match. Like they just should have done something else and like let Roman get some other kind of offense or something. Just just jumping all over the place and doing the Superman punches over and over again just wasn't interesting. No. But. Nope. I don't anyway. think the Superman punch is an over move anyway. So. It really, yeah, for, for a move they protect that well, it really isn't. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to sound like a geek who's telling them they have to do like intricate counter wrestling or something, but like just just more than the same two moves over and over again. Like, yeah. Just anything. Just, just, I don't know. It just, it wasn't a good match. So no. like, they, they didn't shit on an all-time classic. They shit on a, a crappy match that was not worth that was not a good, uh, you know, worth being in the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. So. The only, the, 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 the other argument I've seen is that the crowd shitting on it was disrespectful. Cause Roman went through, he, you know, he got his ass whooped and I'm like, but that, I just, I don't care. Like he could, I could care less. I would like this match if it was good and he didn't have any pain doing the match. Like just because he bled doesn't mean I have to like it, you know, (laughs) like I don't have to yell for it. Just like I, people don't like it. And, and they did the same thing last year in his main event and another bad match. They were disinterested and didn't like it. And they did it the year before when he wrestled triple H and that boring dog shit main event match. He just isn't, I don't think he's up to the job. Yeah, of- I mean, I, and I and I think I like him more than you do, honestly. But like, I and, and I would not disagree with you. They've they've put him in three straight terrible WrestleMania matches. But like, as far as having interesting like three star TV matches on Raw, he certainly pulls that off pretty consistently. Right. Like he's he's fine at that. But the the big problem to me is like they they cannot find a way to properly like highlight his skills or showcase what he's good at at WrestleMania. And like we're, we're running on four, three years in a row. This now since 31 was the last time where he was used effectively at WrestleMania. And in hindsight, it becomes more and more obvious. They should have just fucking bit the bullet and had him beat Brock there. They should have fucked forgotten that stupid Seth Rollins cash in, had him win that match in hindsight. That's like one of the worst decisions they ever made because he was never going to get a. They, they were like, we're going to hold out and wait till he's more over and give him a better, better moment. There was never going to be a better moment. That was it. Yeah. That was his moment. It was not a terrible match. I mean, I mean, it was a really, it was an awesome match. It's just like the the next three were all have all been fucking terrible, and he was just never going to get a, a, a moment better than that one. Right. So, you know, the crowd was not going to be happy with his win, but they were never going to be happy with his win. It doesn't fucking matter. He's the hand picked Vince McMahon guy in an era where the fans 
fucking hate WWE and like the people who run it. Like the that is the disconnect. The hardcore fans do not want Vince McMahon's vision of professional wrestling. Like you can complain about that and you can say it's the internet's fault or the young bucks fault or whoever the fucking fault you want it to be, but that's how it is. The people who go to WrestleMania do not want Vince McMahon's vision. They they continue to go, which I guess is is a little with a little weird, but they don't want Vince McMahon's vision for a a main event. So, yeah, they get close. I mean, I feel like they've gotten close to getting him over and getting people passionate about him, but they can't. It's not. I, I think that promo after WrestleMania last year where he didn't talk and they just let people boo him. Yeah, that like, was cool. I remember after that thinking like, "Whoa, if they could follow this up with something, then I think people will get behind him. Like the main, you're right about the main problem being he's Vince's handpicked guy. People just don't want to like, I think people just don't want to like who they're telling them to like, like that's all it is. They could turn him heel and you're not supposed to cheer him. That's when you'll get people to cheer him. Yeah. I, the only and, person, and, and there are few to do that has been just the weirdest thing. It's like they will not do the one thing that is guaranteed to get him cheered. And the and the fucking excuse I always hear is, oh, he sells a lot more T-shirts than you think to kids and women. Who fucking cares? Is WWE gonna go fucking bankrupt if they don't have Roman Reigns T-shirt money for six months? Are you telling me you think he is not going to be able to sell T-shirts? If he turns heel and then turns back in a year after the crowd actually likes him, well, is he never going to be able to sell a T-shirt again? Like, they can't even do the Tanahashi thing with him, 